You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. Fuck, do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang bus think they're a good deal. Dude. My dick is small. For the 150th time, what's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History, and this, our closing episode of our half-assed WrestleMania X7 month. I'm your designated host, Adam. They are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. I'm drunk, I'm old, I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. I jumped the gun with the button. <laughs> hey, it was premature. That happens to a lot of guys. And this is Scott, the man Tell of a thousand it. and four drinks. Clean yourself up over there. <laughs> <laughs> don't get any on your mixer. <laughs> no, I got all over to the dinosaur. I don't know if you noticed. I updated the uh, dinosaur picture. I was Dino noticing Rocky. that the jaw was a little more open. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit more of a mess around the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You requested Bukaki. Nice. You got Bukaki. Oh, what a guy! What it a looks guy. like uh, Ethan. It looks like Ethan's drunk wrestling history shirt. <laughs> it's like a Steel Panther song going on back there. Bukaki tears. Oh, Carissa's coming over here. To, what do you? What, what do you? Wait, wait for all. That's a run in. She needs to join us. Oh, did you see? Did you see the dinosaur? You see how the dinosaur looks? Well, now you're in front of it. Uh-oh. You got to move your head. See? Yeah. Now Carissa has Bukaki on her. Oh, no. Vince Bukaki <laughs> the dinosaur. This is, what I picture his, this is what I picture his office looking like. This is why I normally stay in the other room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, let's fucking run in. Insult the show. <laughs> Our first live run in. Along. And it was she about Bukaki. Run in and buried us. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys suck. You're not funny. And fuck your dinosaur <laughs> with Bukaki on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah all right she's not the biggest bukkake fan in the world yeah you know there's not many of us out there well i'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our episode i hope all of you uh have a nice cold one and maybe some tissue to help clean up but uh we've got a great episode to share for you for our 150th episode and that's why eddie has a whole thing of tequila Yes, I do. Very and fitting with that. Terramana, there we go. And that's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking tonight. I'm drinking Terramana. This is the bottle you got me, Scott. And Very nice. since it's it's episode 150, I was like, hey, you know, that's a major milestone. So I'm going to get fucking drunk tonight. Hey, now. Not that I don't normally, but I'm like, no limits. I don't care what, I don't care how drunk I get. So I already had two glasses of this. No regrets. Exactly. No regrets. I already had two glasses. I'm pouring myself a shot right now. I'm going to do a shot right now to get the show started. And then I got a um, Anchor Steam beer, which uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows my um, 
troubles with Anchor Steam Beer. They, they're, they're going out of business. And I have now acquired an additional four cases of it. I have 10 cases of that in my house. Wow. So Way to stockpile, good. dude. It, and it sounds like someone might be buying it. So we might, it might be like, um, you know, catastrophe uh, averted. Good. God Anchor willing. Steam apocalypse avoided. Exactly. Finger, yeah. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. If UPS is able to avoid a strike, and hopefully somebody's able to save Anchor Brewing. So yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm doing a shot to episode 150. I'm doing a shot to Anchor, and I don't, I didn't bring anything to chase it with. So I guess I'm chasing the shot with the Anchor. With Anchor, there you go. Well, hey, cheers. Here's to episode oh, yeah. 150. There's no better way to start Salute. a drunk wrestling history show than with Bukaki dinosaurs, tequila. And Los Garros beer. Cheers. There you go. Also, a Carissa run-in. Perfect. Yep, yep. I, I've got some leftover San Pellegrino Aranciata Rosa. Arranci- <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. That does sound good. Yeah, I've yeah, I've never had... That's um like blood orange, right? Yeah, blood orange. Yeah. Yeah. And so before we get into... So yeah. Before we get into the episode, and everybody who's been listening to the, the month knows what we're doing. We're doing WrestleMania 17. Uh, we got a couple things to get into. Um, and it's funny, too, because someone, um, I think I sent this to you, Scott, last night. Someone tweeted, has there in a, ever been a more crazy 30 minutes of a, opening 30 minutes of a podcast than Jim Cornette's show this week? And I responded, I said, I can think of a couple. And a Nug- <laughs> Nugget's dad responded, and he said, Every time I hear you say we've already gone 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. pretty typical for us. Um, we got a review, and I always read the reviews, and um, it's from last month. It's from a guy called Bergnose. I have no idea if he's a new listener. If he is, welcome aboard. If he's been listening for a long time, thanks for finally getting around to this, and um, shame on everyone who hasn't, like I always say. But he uh, put, so funny, five stars. Lots of laughs and great insight into pro wrestling of yesterday. Love you guys. Oh, well, we love you too, man. Adorable AF. We do. We love Bergnose. Um, he put an apostrophe between the T and the S and lots, but I'll forgive him for that. I'll assume I'll assume he'd had a drink before that. That that's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. You know I'm a stickler. You know I'm a stickler for spelling and grammar. Yes, you are. Yes, the difference you are. between my, my knowing other... your shit or knowing your shit. The grammar. Yeah, my though. other. Tw- my old personal Twitter account um, in my profile, I said that I was a grammar enthusiast. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for leaving the review, dude. That's awesome. Um, we appreciate all of our reviews and anyone who leaves us stars and whatever, you know. Yeah. You know who else we would appreciate? People who head over to whatamaneuver.net to get some yeah. fucking shirts. T- we got shirts, tank tops, hoodies, onesies for miniature drunk marks and drunk marquettes that you may have. Drunk Wrestling History logo loud and proud on the chest. You can look like a true drunk wrestling historian. Head to whatamaneuver.net. Buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. It's about that time anyway. It's back to school shopping season. What oh, yeah. better oh, way to dress your fourth or fifth or sixth grader than with a mm-hmm. drunk wrestling history t-shirt? You need exactly, some good yeah. impressions. Yep. Yeah, and you know, get them, get, them, um, get them a size big so they grow into it. Yeah, exactly. And five of them Monday to Friday. <laughs> yeah. Keep them clean. Perfect. Yeah, you don't want those kids sm- coming home smelling. Right, because they're going to love the shirt, how comfortable it is. They're going to want to wear it every day. Get five. 
At it is a comfortable fucking shirt. Fuck I don't yeah, ever, it is, I don't, dude. I don't ever mention that, but it is a it is a quality shirt. Like Absolutely. I, I wear it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those really lightweight, thin cotton shirts. You know that I wish I wish WWE would make those fucking shirts. They should do PWTs like um or I mean uh what a maneuver like how uh, AEW does PWTs. Yeah, Manscaped should actually take notes on how they make their uh, t-shirts so that their underwear doesn't blow out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you had the same problem? No, I just know your issue. Shit exploded like a shoe on AEW. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, It was when I was cleaning up the house in Pittsburgh. I just put my underwear on. I bent over to pick something up. And the entire balls area just exploded. It just opened right up. It was like that guy in that match with Zack Ryder. It just like... Like everything, I had shorts on, so I mean, I was Thank only goodness. there anyway. But yeah, the entire crotchal area of those just like disintegrated, and I had to fly home in that because it was the only clean pair. <laughs> They're fucking nuts out. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, man! Well done. Yeah, yeah. I don't have you know. There's like guns out, suns out, guns out. I don't have a rhyme for balls out. <laughs> balls out, all out. Wait till fall, though. <laughs> <laughs> um there's another thing we need to uh mention uh that adam you don't know about this and uh scott do you want to get the ball rolling on this oh is this what we discussed yesterday that i yeah, thought we exa- were gonna save until next week oh do you want to do this next week or do you want to do it this week well not now because <laughs> you oh, open no, pandora's no, was- box i mean that seems like it was a bit of a miscommunication. Do we need to keep was, it shut? Keep it shut. My, yeah, my intention was to talk about it this week. Okay. Well, that's fair. We could, I mean, it's episode 150. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I could say that it was good news. Um, Adam, I'm sorry you don't know yet. I was going to talk to you and Eddie about this I wish this I had tonight. the Wade Barrett uh, clip. I should have I should have pulled a Wade Barrett clip of, uh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Yeah, it's not going to make anybody happy, really. Well, unless you sorry want the show for the to poor go British away. Accent. But, uh... So I'm, I'm quickly coming to the realization that I don't have the time to put the necessary research into this show like it deserves because it's watching three to four hours, sometimes five hour pay-per-views. It's watching episodes of Raw or Nitro to do research. It's I, I just I don't have the time to devote to the show necessary and I feel I'd be doing a disservice honestly to it. So it's going to be right now we're calling it a hiatus like Ross and Rachel from Friends. We were on a a break. break. That was a break. Yes. So we were on a break. We'll reassess. We're taking the month of August off. There's a lot of shit going on in August anyway. So it's not a good month to try juggling three schedules to try to get recordings in. So we'll take August off and... I should have a better idea of my schedule moving forward, at least through December. Well, well let, let me butt in for a second. We're not completely taking August off, Adam, and I'll talk. We'll just talk to uh, schedule wise. We don't want to get into it now because it's going to be boring, but we'll talk to you after we're done. But this is not the last thing we're going to record for a while. So, but go ahead, Scott. Yeah. So it's one of those things I need to reevaluate my schedule come September, mid-September. So it's going to be a break for a while. And then I'll need to reassess and see about my future on the show moving forward. But as of right now, I just, again, I just, I don't have a lot of time to do it. And to be perfectly honest too, um, I've been podcasting since 2016, no breaks. 
I've loved it. I've met a ton of awesome people. And that's been probably the most rewarding part of doing this show and Fully Posable as well. I agree. I agree. And I'm just sort of hitting a wall. And that may sound kind of selfish because I don't do any of the editing. Eddie, I've always given you a shit ton of credit for the job you do editing this show. Not only the audio portion, but the video portion. And I've always given Jeff a ton of credit on the editing job he does for Fully Posable. Not only that, you and Jeff also share the similarity that he runs our Twitter for Fully Posable. Or, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, The X. And you run The X <laughs> for Drunk Wrestling History. I don't have any time for that. But now I'm seeing it dipping into my time to devote to the show. And again, it would be a disservice to the people that have listened since the jump or even our newer listeners. I don't want to come in and give a half-ass effort and put out a half-ass show. And I feel that that was starting to happen. And I don't see that changing in the near future. So again, we'll call this a break. We'll reassess come September. And I don't want to see the show end. Eddie, I told you, I, I would like you to replace me if that's what it boils down to. I don't think you're going to. No, 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 no. It, it's either, you know, you and I doing, either you're here or none of us are here. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't think there's a, um, I thought about uh, tweeting up JC and asking if he wanted to replace you, but um, schedule wise and him being on the East Coast, I don't think that would work. But uh, well, no, I don't think it would work well with um, anyone besides you. Um, so, yeah, I hope we end up making things work out. But exactly. It's like you said, we're going to take a break. Um, yeah. We're going to have episodes over the next few. So you're hearing this. You guys are going to hear this, I think, the first Friday of August, which is the Friday after my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Oh, and, happy birthday, dude. And the day before, I'm going to get really shit faced. Um, <laughs> but um <laughs> And two days after, I'm going to get really um, So August has um, a theme. <laughs> it does. Um, but so when you brought this up to me about maybe you just need a break, I was like, you know what? Let's take a break because I'm going on vacation the end of August for three weeks. So we were taking a three-week break anyway. So then I was right. like, you know what? Let's turn it into a six-week break and kind of reassess. You'll have your schedule figured out for the rest of the year after that point. Yeah. So let's see what happens. So yeah, it's kind of like none of us want to end the show, but... Um, maybe the show just happens differently or maybe... we go on a different schedule. Like we can't go weekly because that's excessive right. on the research side of it. But maybe we go every other week or every three, something like that. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe we end up doing less pay-per-views because those are, those are the ones that are really time consuming, you know, like, yeah, there are lots of different ways we could do things and yeah, we'll, we'll just see, we'll see what happens. Um, but this was this my doing. Not, I, I'm going to fall on the sword. This is my doing. I'm the one that brought this up. Eddie, it's all you your never fault. said it is. It's it's all my <laughs> fault. I'm not like Schnitzky. Yeah. I'll accept blame where it's due. I punted the baby. I'm the one that called for the break on the show. Um, I, again, I even without me, I don't want to see the show end because when we did that interview about a month ago, um, was that Sports Kita? It was um, SES Scoops. SES scoops. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, when we did that interview, the guy really had the guy who was interviewing had a really S-E a lot of really scoops, nice sorry. thing to say. And he did. And it made me feel great about the show and where we were, the mm-hmm. job we were doing. But even then, I was starting to see my end not really holding up to the effort that you put in, Eddie and Adam. The effort you put in, my side wasn't matching up at all. 
Um, so it's not fair to you guys. It's not fair to the listeners. And again, I've been doing this for seven and a half years, almost eight years now. And I'm kind of hitting a wall, kind of getting a little bit of burnout. So there were a combination of factors and my fault, my call. No, 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 no. To be fair, it's not anyone's fault. It's really hard to do this. Everybody has a life outside of the podcast. Yeah, Um, I, I don't. You're the one making the call, but it's not your fault. You know what I mean? It's just, it is what it is. Like, it's it's really tricky to do this. And, like, we've pulled this off for almost four years. And there's been a lot of weeks where I was like, fuck, can we squeeze this in somehow, you know? That's what it is, yeah. And I'm not sure we've ever gone more than one week without an episode. You're right. Um, I think a couple times I had to put, like, pull an episode out of the vault. But, so, yeah, I mean, it's 150 episodes. So, we put a lot of work into it. So, yeah, I don't want you to, it, it's, don't take blame for it as in it's your fault it's just it's a situation that is what it is um and luckily i'm the one who's like almost not busy at all you know what i mean <laughs> like i come home from work and i have my days completely fucking free when sometimes but, you can watch at lunch like if there's a, a pay-per-view to do like you could watch during your lunch break or even if yeah, you I also, have downtime I also at work yeah i don't do shit at work so <laughs> it's really easy for me and i completely understand that it's not easy for you um, especially you and Adam is busy with other shit too. So it's hard. Um, so yeah, no, it's nobody's fault. It's just, it's a situation that is happening and we'll see where it goes and hopefully we can make things happen. And if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. Um, this is not the last episode. We're going to have at least a few more, um, that we're going to record next week. And definitely if, I mean, worst case scenario, if we decide we have to pull the plug on this thing, we'll have a proper last episode. Yeah, you know, exactly. We'll do something fun. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, so, like, you're right. There is no fault, but there kind of is. And ultimately, I'd like to place the blame on the listeners for not buying shirts to keep me home so I could just watch <laughs> wrestling all day and put out a shit ton of drunk wrestling history shows. But you guys don't buy fucking shirts. So guess what? Now we have to take a break. <laughs> we've told you every single fucking week go buy a shirt none of you fuckers buy shirts now you're seeing the consequences that's true we did we did warn them we, we warned warn them, them every single week <laughs> so anyway that's what it is and adam we were going to tell you but i was like well i want to tell the listeners up front i don't want to just like drop it on them like in a month or whatever be like oh we're done you know like i wanted to be like kind of like here's what's going on with the show and here's why the episodes are going to be i think the plan is for the next six weeks for the episodes to be like every other week um so i just was like i wanted to you know i want to be straight up with the with the listeners because their listeners are why we do this and they're great and they're awesome so i didn't want to just have this come out of nowhere i wanted to just give them some kind of Here's the, you know, be transparent with them. And um, we just thought it would be fun to tell you and the listeners at the same time, Adam. Surprise. Yeah, surprise. Yeah. Mood mood definitely changed for a milestone episode. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, it's episode 150. (laughs) We've covered the gamut of bukkake, tequila, beer, quitting, not buying fucking shirts, and now the best pay-per-view of all time, according to some people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's so, turn it into a party again. So, so, Adam, why don't you set up what the episode is? Um, I, I mean, obviously, everybody knows what we're doing, but why don't you set it up? Because um, we've gone um, 19 minutes already. As uh, is our custom. To, uh, is this going to make the cut? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving the whole thing in. Oh, fuck. Um, All right. So, You're seeing um, raw authenticity here, listeners. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, I thought Mm -hmm. it was right to do it here on the show. Um, And while you set it up, I'm going to go pee because 
like I said, it's now it's 19 minutes and I already have to pee. I've been drinking since it's um 7:30. I've been drinking since like 4:30. So I mean, this is probably the length of two and a half matches. Yeah. This is the length of the Emelina episode. <laughs> yeah. And the blow away diet episode. I'll be right back. Both I those? mean, it has been a good 25 minutes since he pissed. So, That's you know, true. his three-year-old bladder, it's got to go when it's got to go. I mean, if you have aim like that, I mean, there's got to be some residual uh, pee that builds up. So definitely got to clean yourself off. Right. I just wish he'd use his piss bags again. I understand he squirted piss all over his mixer and fucked it up that one time, but that was only one time. He was still learning how to use the pee bag and talk on the microphone at the same time. You know, Chris, Shannon, and I are going to keep this show going during breaks, and we're not going to have that <laughs> pee bag bullshit. And we're we're going to change the mood, and we're going to change the the fre- the frequent. Uh, pattern of shows so you know <laughs> we got it we got it y'all we're going twice a week fuck you guys yeah <laughs> we'll we'll get this shit uh back on the road uh anyway the train adam back on the tracks anyways for this week's episode as we said this is week three of our half-ass wrestlemania x7 month and that is exactly what we are covering this is season 17 episode one on pecock Taking place on April Fool's Day, motherfuckers. <laughs> April 1st in the year of our Lord 2001 at the then-sponsored uh, Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Welcome to WrestleMania X7. Your commentators are Paul Heyman and Jim Ross. Announcer is The Fink. A lot of people say, I mean, just right off the bat, a ton of people say this is their favorite WrestleMania. And... I can't say I can argue with that. It's it's good argument. Really good. Where it's, where do the two of you rank it? Hmm. This was my first WrestleMania when I was first actively starting to watch. Oh fuck! So, yeah. <laughs> so is there like some nostalgia, Adam? Is there like feelings about that that kind of plays into your ranking at all? And that's okay if it does. I get it. Uh. It- there's got to be right because four is my favorite. Same sentimental one because that's the first one I saw. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I would say so. Just I mean, favorite wrestler in the main event. Regard. I mean, regardless of outcome, he got his ass there. So, yeah. Uh, it's I your would, favorite, Adam. Number one. Uh, I would really, really have to sit down and think about it and then maybe reveal it on a live episode. But Yeah, uh, it's almost like yeah. a Mount Rushmore type episode, right? But but still, uh, 39 was damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I would, we'll sit down I would, and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. If I had to say what's my favorite one, um, it would be... I think 39 needs more time. You know what I mean? Let um, it marinate. Yep. Yeah, let it marinate. Give me a couple years and let me go back to it and see how I feel about it. Because it's right. just like I, w- I was there and it was, it's always better when you're there. Like 27 was the greatest WrestleMania ever when I was there. Um, oh, so it was fucking 26. 20, you know what I'm saying? When you're there, it's a different awful, story. Dude. No, even watching that show, I'm like, especially no, when the main I, event I, hit. Like, fuck this show, dude. God damn. I flew, I flew all the way to fucking Atlanta for this shit. <laughs> Garbage. Trash. And just like I swear, I swear I, you said it was cool while we were there. No, dude, no. 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 Maybe I'm thinking of the strip club the night before. Maybe 
Maybe you're thinking cool. when he maybe you're thinking cool. when he was at the varsity. Yes. What do you have? What do you, what have? you have? What do you have? <laughs> what do you have? ROH was um, better than WrestleMania that year. Yeah, I said it. What was? ROH. R- uh, Ring of Honor was better than 27. Yes. Oh, I didn't I go that it. year. Yeah, I didn't go then. I didn't go till 29. That was my first ROH show. Okay. Got it. Anyway, if I had to say what's my favorite WrestleMania or the best WrestleMania, it's uh, man, it's really tough because you got this one, you got 19, and you got 31, which are all fucking stellar. Yeah. Um. So I'd really, I might have to just sit down and do like a marathon day and pick out which one. But if and you you're were going to do a match poll, by match at that point too. Yeah. But if I were to do a Twitter poll or whatever the fuck, um, this would be the one that would win. The majority Absolutely. of people think this is the best WrestleMania of all time. It's and, almost like universal. Like you ask anybody the best yeah. WrestleMania, they say number seventeen. Right. Like, what's the best Star Wars? Empire Strikes Back. Right. Definitely. Definitely not perfect. Three. There are uh, several factors that could uh, steer people away from this one, but if it's still in that in the conversation, might as well uh, consider it. Yeah. So to get into the show, um, we start out with one of those killer WWE video packages, which like only I they can say, do. I always say that they do the best video. If, if there's one thing they do better than anyone ever, still it's the video packages, and you've yep. got people all over the world watching wrestlemania you got in japan you got like a dude making street food like noodles on the street guy watching in his barn yeah you got a farmer farming watching wrestlemania and you got kids watching the tv in the store window and you got um a dude and and his girlfriend in the back seat of the car which they seem like a really wild time (laughs) you know they got (laughs) they're in the back seat of the car watching wrestling Uh, what else you gonna do in the back seat of a car (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Um, but um, Blassie uh, does the voiceover on it. And it's yep. always, to me, it's always good to just hear Freddie Blassie's voice. He has, And you don't see him. You only hear his voice. But you know, if you know Freddie yep. Blassie, you know it's his voice. He's, you know who it is. Great, deep, gravelly voice. And it, for me, I am such a Fred Blassie fan. Anytime I hear him or see him, I just mark out, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's great. It's killer video package. And then we get into the stadium, and the set looks fucking great. Um, it's the first stadium they've done at this point since eight, right? Yes. WrestleMania eight. So it's been nine years. The eight yep. was at Indianapolis. So it's the first stadium they've done since then. And uh, you got the giant vertical logos for, for the uh, show on either side of the stage. And then what's really cool is the roof of the Sky Dome looks awesome. And it always looked awesome. When I was a kid, when I was a baseball fan, I would watch um, the Giants play the Astros. And that ceiling always looked really cool. Yeah. You know, it was just very unique. Um, then we get a shot of people watching at WWF New York. And then we cut to JR and Heyman on commentary. And the whole reason, Scott, that we decided to do this month was because Tommy Dreamer had a story about this show in particular. And right away when I watched this, I was like, wow, like shit could have gone crazy. How different this show would have gone had he followed through on what he was planning. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, and I'll let, I'll let you tell this. Uh, I'll let you wait, weave this tale. Yeah, so Tommy Dreamer told a story. I think I read it three or four months ago, and I immediately hit you up. And I'm like, dude, when we do WrestleMania 17, we got to talk about this. So Tommy Dreamer essentially got depressed and got suicidal. And he wanted to go to WrestleMania 17. He wanted to make a statement. 
And the statement he wanted to make was, by going to WrestleMania 17, executing Paul Heyman as the show began, and then killing himself. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine how... I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but... Um... Oh, well, Limp Biscuit's fucking My Way is playing. Right? Like, you have Limp Biscuit <laughs> playing an execution and a suicide. Like, fuck that. They'd ruin if that I'm going to go out, song. I don't want it to be the Limp Biscuit. <laughs> no, no. If you're going to whack me, whack me to fucking Iron Maiden. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Or no, I just like, thought that was insane. At least the Night Flight Orchestra. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, go- I Googled it the other day while I was watching this, and um, I saw another thing where he was talking about he went, he had gone, he was there that weekend for something like a convention or something, and he went into some place and it said something about. Um, guns guns allowed or something and he was like what the fuck's that mean he's like i'm from new york i don't know about guns allowed and they were like oh it's texas you can bring your gun into this venue and he was like fucking what yeah. which is the exact reaction i had the first time i went to texas so the first time i went to texas was for 25 so that'd be seven years after this and um i didn't see signs that said that but i went into waffle house and they had signs that say guns not allowed and i'm like guns Duh. not allowed wait, wait. <laughs> No shit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean guns? <laughs> yeah, no snorting cocaine with... off the table. You may have may as well have a sign that says that too. Right. I can I not know. walk in with my fucking dick out in a fucking midget's mouth too? You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? no? Um, and then it, I was sort of the same as Dreamer. I was like, oh shit, you can take guns places in Texas. Like, we're from California. We don't know anything about that. Yep. Dreamer was the same way. And so then that's when he got the idea. He was like, well, fuck, I can take a gun to the... Uh, uh, Astrodome brother and pop fucking Paul Heyman in the back of the head while he's on camera. Yeah, which is and, crazy because Paul Heyman always says how much the ECW guys loved him and drank his Kool-Aid. Yeah. Except for Tommy Dreamer, apparently he wanted to fucking shoot him in the back of the head as a pay-per-view is starting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe right. the love isn't as deep as you think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want to make people forget about Owen Hart? Shoot someone on live Dude. TV. Fuck. Oh my gosh. And the camera was right there too. If he had timed it right. Oh my. Would they still show that on the network? Have you ever seen the video of that dude, Bud Dwyer shooting himself on TV? Yes. Yeah. It would have been like that, but from the back of the head. Or it would have been like Tommy and Goodfellas just popped in the back of the head. Yeah. But the fucking camera's just like, oh, oh, dude, that would have been insane. Absolutely insane. It'd be like an Abdullah, an Abdullah match. It's hard to top that as the best opening match in WrestleMania history, though, right? <laughs> Dreamer versus Heyman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Dreamer went over, brother. <laughs> Maybe should have been disqualified, but hey, no ref. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into the first match. Let's bring this show down even further. Let's <laughs> bring down we the have movie. To- <laughs> yeah. Let's add execution to our list. So we have Bukaki, <laughs> tequila. <damn>. Beer. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, I'm so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> also, let me just point out that because this show led off with Lip Biscuit, mm-hmm. it immediately disqualifies it as being the best WrestleMania of all time. Thank you. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Thank you. That's my just and fair. My only critique about the set, just from the like profile view, it spells out WrestleMania or WrestleMan XV. <laughs> because the rest of the letters are downwards. Why do that? <laughs> I didn't even notice that, Adam. Nice catch. Yeah. I mean, I get that you want to 
make it obvious to uh, the upper deck what location or event they're at, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they uh, save some money with some WCW third graders building the set. <laughs> Who knows? And Heyman mentions right off the bat this is yeah. his first WrestleMania. It was yeah. also almost his last WrestleMania. <laughs> Your opening match. I should have queued up a, a gunshot sound effect. No, 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 no. I'll no, never no. get that. No. Uh, 30 minutes into the episode. <laughs> opening match is for the Intercontinental Championship. The one of two ideal spots for Chris Jericho, as uh, he has previously stated. Uh, this. Intercontinental Championship, Chris Jericho is the champion taking on the commissioner, William Regal. This would be the first of two consecutive uh, curtain jerkers for William Regal. That's right. And we get the video package before where Jericho and Regal are feuding and Jericho peed in his tea. Yeah. Which was, I mean, that's... I loved that entire episode of Raw. Like, Regal (laughs) just had a bad night and then just to top it off... Jericho pees in his tea. <laughs> Who pissed in your tea? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like, he snuck into the office and peed right in it. And then he showed up his doink the next week and whipped his ass. Yep. Yep. And um, Eddie, your buddy is a referee in this match. Who? Tim White. Oh! Eddie's friend, Tim White. Our buddy, Adam. Uh, Adam's oh, Adam's buddy, buddy too, that's right. Yeah, we're all friends. Yeah. Friend of the show, Tim White. Um... So Regal charges Jericho right away. He backs Jericho into a corner. Um, Jericho takes an Irish whip to the corner, but he comes out with a clothesline, hits a few chops, and hits a flying burrito, which I loved. And um, they uh, both hit the ropes, and Jericho hits a spinning heel kick. Regal takes a powder, and Jericho shoots over the top for a cross body. So it was a really cool fast start to the match. He almost missed Boom, 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 boom. Um, It was like a very action-packed beginning to the match. Immediately, and, uh, the crowd was hot. You know what I mean? It's oh like, yeah, oh it's yeah. It's the kind of thing you got to do in a show like this, where the crowd is hot anyway. Like if you've been to, if anyone listening has not been to a WrestleMania, the crowd is on fire as soon as it starts. Yeah. So they did exactly what you got to do in an op- a WrestleMania opening match. Like start out, boom, boom, boom. You know, just hot. Keep them engaged. Keep them going. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Take that. Take that fire from the crowd and keep it. Keep it moving. Yeah. Um, Several chops. Regal's chest is red, like probably within two to three minutes. Yeah. Um, they get back in the ring and someone has a I'd rather be in China sign. I, I, ten minutes into the show and there's a fucking I'd rather be in China sign. Shame on them. They must be so embarrassed. We literally talked about that with the China I episode know, too. That fucking sign. Whoever, every show. I hope that dude is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be original, guy. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, Jericho hits an elbow, and he tries to make a comeback with the lion salt, but he gets cut off right away um, when Regal gets his knees up for the uh, lion salt. And then Regal gets up, and he takes the turnbuckle pad off, and JR calls the turnbuckle a bolt. Hmm. JR doesn't seem to know. JR has never set up a ring because he clearly doesn't know what a turnbuckle is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he said something about, like, oh, that's exposing the bolt that's attached to the turnbuckle. It's like, no, no, no that bolt is a turnbuckle. That, that's how a turnbuckle works, JR. Yeah, JR exposed himself. Yeah, never, he was showing his Never ass, set up honest. a ring. Yep. Yeah, right. I know. I was like, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, hey, he's definitely I never mean, been on the he, ring group. Com- commentary, and he was on 
some board position, so maybe he hasn't set up a ring. That's fair. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. Bill Watts never put his ass to work setting up rings. I forget how he got into the business. I read his book, and I don't remember. I want to say... Shit, I honestly don't remember. I know um, I know Heyman got in as a photographer and sort of corny. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think I don't think JR did. Um, but um, I should have done better research on this. But Listen, I didn't. There's bot shirts. We'd have more time to do that kind of research. <laughs> yeah, I could quit my job. Just saying. Um, <laughs> Regal does a double underhook suplex from the top rope. Was he the only guy to ever do that? A double underhook throw like yeah, that? Yeah, from uh... the top rope. Like a su- like a double underhook superplex. Yeah, I think so. Because Kurt Angles, when he would run and jump up and do that, it was more of a like a belly to more belly to belly. Yeah. A belly yeah, to belly. Not, yeah, not, not necessarily like an underhook. Yeah, he might I be. Remember, I don't remember anyone doing a double underhook suplex, but that was really cool. Um, and then he gets in he gets him in a regal stretch, which is like a super brutal move. It's kind of like a yes lock, but it's also a half Nelson. You know what I mean? Like if you tie their legs up like a yes lock, but you tie their head and arms up like a half Nelson. Um, it's just like it's the kind of move you would do if you're just like a shitty person. It was Prince Andrew's finisher too, the regal stretch. <laughs> what? Or so I've heard. <laughs> Why would Prince Andrew do that move? Because he's dirty. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, I thought he would do it like only on like a uh, like a child. He would do it like on Nicholas. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> or Dominic. Yeah. Or, do- <laughs> or Dominic in 2005. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're really covering the gamut here, folks. Eddie, Ray, he's actually my son. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I stretched him myself. <laughs> There's the proof. Yeah. Talk about grooming. <laughs> yeah. He, and he's speaking not a of grooming, manscaped. He's not, he's not a groomer, he's a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck uh jericho gets out of that and you get chop 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 bunch of chops um he gets cut off again but then he catches regal out of some kind of move uh, regal's going for something um it's kind of unclear what he's going for jericho smashes his head into the turnbuckle he hits a bulldog and he takes over and then the finish was really quick suplex lion salt one two three didn't even get walls of jericho on him no yeah, Regal countered it a few times, but never used. But he found a way. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised it finished with the lion salt. I also, Adam, thought it would have finished off with the lion tamer, but yeah, lion salt it was. Looked good. I kind of, I liked it though. I kind of like it when every once in a while someone someone finishes with like a mundane move. It makes it seem more real. You know what I mean? Like that's true. In MMA, you don't fucking always finish with like a armbar. You know what I mean? Was a lion tamer his finisher though, or was that more of like a, a signature like setup move? I don't remember if he finished guys off with the lion tamer. Or, I'm sorry, the lion salt, or if it was always the lion tamer was his finisher. I think it was the lion tamer for the most. You, I think it was one of those things like once in a while he'd win, win with the lion salt, but it was mostly the lion tamer. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, maybe Regal didn't want to tap out that night. Uh, Fuck it, now? finish me with the lion salt. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Might as well. And that's it for that match. Shane's limo pulls up with the plate WCW1. Because. Mm-hmm. And, he, because and he's late. Can. Yeah. Fashionably late. 
He's the Nobody CEO. goes to watch the opener. He's the CEO of a brand new company. <laughs> Couldn't even get the driver to open his door. So yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah. treating Jericho and Regal like the opening band at a concert. Right. Like oh, I don't know, man. I'll show up before the. Fucking... <laughs> I don't want to see before... Trivium. I'll show up late. Right, 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 yeah, no, fuck Trivium, I'll show up right before Iron Maiden comes on. <laughs> oh, I'll hang out at the bar during the opening band. Right. I'll wander down to the pit like 15 minutes before the op- uh, headliners go on. All right. This sounds uh, like a conversation we would have. <laughs> camera operator then enters the APA's office without knocking or going through the door. What the fuck? So rude. I know. But... He does catch Bradshaw talking about Oilers and Astros history and everything, using that to fire up the, the crew. He's like ranting about the Astros. Yeah. This is where the Astros play, goddammit. Big old pep talk. Yeah. While drinking and, beer and playing cards. Yeah, yes. and he finishes beer, he puts a cigar out, and he goes to the ring. Yep. Because it's time for business. Next match is a six-man a tag team match. The right to censor with uh, Val Venus, Bull Buchanan, and the Good Father, accompanied by Stephen Richards, taking on Taz and the Acolytes with Jacqueline. And Adam, how much do you love right to censor? I, I love right to censor. I mean, at the time, annoying as fuck, but they are one of those nostalgia. Louder, louder. Sorry. Yeah. This, they are really one of those nostalgia villains that I really hooked onto uh, when starting to watch. And also they had that... They executed with that evil, hypocritical demeanor all the time. And I also th- saw them as a threat because you took away the Godfather and Val mm-hmm. Venus, like two of the most polar opposites of Right to Censor. Shit, these guys are legit. And then you give uh, Ivory a championship on top of that. I mean, in theory, any of them could have uh, gotten gotten belts. But, I mean, the fact that they were able to get a belt, they're a legit crew. So You love yeah. it. Yeah. Right to center is awesome. All right. The concept of the group and the group itself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And the individuals who make up the group. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I had no idea. I, I didn't know that you loved Right to Censor so much, dude. You didn't dude, know that? Dude, no. Remember, if you've ever said it before, I thought you were fucking with me. I think uh, when we did the did the Century episode, wasn't that also the night of uh, the Rumble? Um, like I don't pa- know, but um, I know that when we did the uh, I think he's Taboo right. Booze, you were hoping that Right to Censor would win. Also because I knew the most about them. But uh, yeah, I think it, Eugene one. Yeah, I think it was that particular rumble. We paused it to do the episode, and then we ended up watching it. And then fucking Ivory comes out uh, <laughs> in her right to censor gear and music. That's good shit, pal. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Right to censor's only fan, folks. Um, <laughs> besides, besides uh, Ron Simmons' mom, or, I mean uh, Stevie Richards' mom. <laughs> I don't right. know. I don't know how Ron Simmons' mom feels about it. <laughs> um, it would have wouldn't it have been cool if Ron Simmons came to the ring smoking the cigar? 
Yes. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Why did he put it out? Just fucking come down there smoking this girl. Like, put it out on the ring post or put it on Stevie Richard. Well, I was, was going like, to say, right <laughs> to Sensei was wearing white shirts. Like, putting put out a cigar on their white shirt would have been perfect. Yeah, put it out on Ivory's ass or something. This is the show of shows. That's the place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, they should have just done something like that. I, I guess nobody thought about it. Fucking haze um, the rookie, Bull Buchanan. Fucking put it out in his fork and forehead. Like, yeah, on a big, bald fucking head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haze them on fucking the biggest show of the year. Um, so they jump the bell and they fight outside and, and inside the ring. So like some of them are outside, some of them are inside. And then Jackie gets in a DDT, Stephen Richards, Stevie Richards, which was great because he always, because at 19, um, Victoria kicked his ass, I think, or Trish, maybe Trish. No, Trish. Trish fucked him up. I think so he was Stevie with Richards Victoria at 19, good ass right? whipping. Huh? He was with Victoria at 19. I think he, he was, was in with her Victoria corner. and Trish with yeah. his ass. Yeah. Um, so he was great at taking an ass kicking, especially from a chick. So Jackie fucks him up, hits him with a DDT. Um, right away, Bull Buchanan jumps to the top rope and he bounces off to hit Ron Simmons. Like, how crazy was that that a guy that big could jump? To, like, he jumped to the rope, like, not even the way RVD did. RVD would, like, grab the top rope and kind of. And jump propel and or up. launch himself Bull up. Bull Buchanan would just jump to the top rope. Yeah. You're that big guy. got those long legs. You're that mobile. Yeah. You like, do what, it. Why, why didn't anything happen with that guy? Like, what a fucking athlete and a big dude, you know? Like, yeah. He seems like the kind of guy, like, give him a manager or something. You know, like, get the guy over. Like, you'd think Vince would see money in that fucking guy. Well, they did put him with Cena eventually, but I think by that time his character was already just he was also uh, sidekick to Big yeah. Boss Man for a bit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So they oh, tried right. some different stuff with him, but nothing stuck. Nothing worked. Yeah, oh yeah. God. It was just gimmick after gimmick, and everything failed. I remember yeah, sometimes he, it happens with Cena. He was B squared. Yeah, B squared. Yeah. Yep. Well, that well, that's that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not making that work. Right, all nails in the coffin, dude. Nothing helped him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing. So, but right nails. to censor was his biggest chance. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Wow, that's fucked. Big um, time, dude. Yeah. Taz gets in. He takes a boot and ends up at the corner, getting triple teamed on everybody. Um, and you got twi- quick tags working Taz over. The Good Father kicks his ass badly, but he misses a splash in the corner. Um, Taz tags Bradshaw. And Bradshaw gets in and almost kills Taz with a backdrop. And then he ends up taking out the whole fucking team. And then the the, the match just breaks down. And uh, now it's complete chaos. It's like, uh, even though, does like, yeah, minimally Brett, uh, Farouk and, uh, or Farouk was in there minimally. So everybody at least got to get in. But Bradshaw just fucking takes over. He yep. does. He comes in and just clears fucking house. Um, he does a fall away type suplex to Valvinas from the top rope. And uh, the ring ends up clearing, and you get to where it's just the good father and Bradshaw still in the ring. Good father goes for the hoe train. You know, not he didn't call it that anymore. I don't know what he called it, where you just, like, charge him in the corner. But um, he misses. Bradshaw comes out of the corner, hits him with a clothesline from hell, and that's it. And um, it's a cool match. It, you know, it was a really good – it was – I shouldn't say it was a really good match, but it was a fun match. Um, it was action-packed. They squoze in a lot of stuff. Yes. And the Texan gets the win. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. That's not bad right. for a second yeah. match. Yeah, exactly. Is a second match in a ma- in a throwaway match, it was as good as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we see Trish wheeling in Linda. Steph shows off her daddy's girl jumpsuit. 
and tell tells her to get strawberries and champagne and ice for the champagne and which ice, doesn't make just, any it, usually it it's somebody has to get the champagne and strawberries for Trish she's not the one that should be getting it well but she wants she wants the ice to be chipped by hand for the champagne she wants her to hold the ice in her hand and break it with a spoon because it cubes better or it breaks up better that way so right so stephanie drinks her champagne with ice or that was literally just to stick the bottle into to keep the champagne on ice which makes no sense but um no but essentially she was just being a bitch that's all maybe it's that she's not being maybe you're right she's being daddy's girl yeah, 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 yeah. As it clearly um, stated on the back of her shirt. Also, Linda Linda is there who blinks in slow motion. <laughs> Which I don't even know how you do that. I watched the whole thing. I zoomed in on Linda the whole time. She never did a regular blink. She never blinked. But she would blink in slow motion like every 30 seconds. Maybe she really took volume for the show to really sell the fucking <laughs> I'm out of it job. <laughs> They're just pumping her full of volume that night. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was 2001 they, just saying they call, yeah they called up sean and he brought some somas <laughs> jesus they were in texas <laughs> yeah. sean listen <laughs> how far we're away doing, are you from the astrodome we're doing the same with linda <laughs> i mean they can make a lot of phone calls to a lot of people to get something to slow her down <laughs> right Oh, dude. Anyway, 2001 was crazy. <laughs> it really was. Next match is a triple threat match for the WWF Hardcore Championship. The champion Raven taking on Kane and the Big Show. Raven enters with a shopping cart, child safety sign, and Frankenstein's monster doll. Threatening. <laughs> yeah, scary he's got, stuff. He's got a plant, a Giant Frankenstein doll and one of those signs they put out for slow children. Yeah. <laughs> like if you live in like a neighborhood where there's a slow child, you put that sign in front of your house. Raven has that. I mean, it's not, bizarre. Not well, like was, a slow child, but like drive slower because there's children. Let's let's make that clear. We're not we're no, not talking about slow children. I don't think that's what that sign means. <laughs> I think that sign means that there are slow children. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Are you right? Oh my god, that's fantastic. Wait, le- legitimately? <laughs> You're killing me. That's what, it's like, I mean, that's ice what cream I truck that, is coming. Give him some yeah. time. Give him some time. <laughs> yeah, oh like when I, was, when I was in St. Uh, yeah, like in Berkeley, there's a sign that says deaf child. You know, like there's a deaf child in the neighborhood. Um, like over by, there's the park. And uh, well, yeah, they put up a sign that says deaf child. I, I, Kind of assumed the slow children signs meant the same thing. Oh. Apparently not. Apparently there should have <laughs> been right, one well, on your you, bedroom door, dude. Uh, you learn something new every day. <laughs> That's our goal is to teach everyone. That's why I couldn't find a slow adult sign. Because I wanted to get one to put on someone's truck at work. Uh, well, a few people's trucks at work. Oh, God. <laughs> that was like great what, moments any, in drunk wrestling history. Anyway, yeah, like, why is Amazon failing me? <laughs> anyways, after we just saved some lives by educating <laughs> Eddie right there. Oh, dude. Uh, Kane and Raven uh, start the match before Big Show shows up. Yeah, and Corderas is just like, yeah, yeah cool. Start the match. He rings the bell. 
<laughs> he rings the bell. Um, and I was like, so one of them could have pinned each other before Big Show was even in the ring. Like, what kind of shit is this? Yeah. And Show and doesn't even have show, that he... urgency to get to the ring. Ross even mentioned that, too. He was like, it's going to be next year's WrestleMania by the time Big Show hits the ring. Yeah, it's like it's like what Hina said later. It's gonna be WrestleMania 37 by the time she gets through. Right, right. <laughs> um, pretty quick. Kane press slams Raven and he tosses him out of the ring onto Big Show. Then he hits a, a top rope clothesline onto Raven and pins him. And immediately the match goes into the crowd, which in this big fucking stadium, it's got to kind of suck if you're on the other side of the of the uh, stadium. Because if you watch in the background. They're not putting the match on the fucking Titantron. Oh, like that's just, gotta suck then. Yeah, just the graphic for the matches on the Titantron. But pretty much immediately they they go into the back, and I gotta assume yeah. they put the match on the on the Titantron at that point. They have to. Also, yeah. show never got to the ring itself. No, he never got in the ring. Nope. Yeah, he just like kind of got right there to ringside. Um, the camera sure was shit, by the way. I just want to say that when they were in the crowd before uh-huh. they got to that back area. That camera, dude, you want to talk about shaky cam. The shit was like Michael J. Fox was doing the camera work, dude. It was horrible. Damn, it was man. fucking all over the place, dude. It was awful. I hate it. But I it. like that. I think that's cool because I think, to me, that makes it look real. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's hard to watch, though. I don't It's I don't like that. It's well, hard to I mean, watch, but so it was fucking Blair Witch Project, and we all watched that and loved it. Hmm. I mean, you know how much shaky cam porn I've watched? Try to operate that whole thing with the entire crowd like, ah! It was like watching a Page Home movie. Jeez. <laughs> Damn. Um, Horrible camera so in the ba- So in the back, Big Show locks himself into a cage with Raven, which, first of all... With Corderas as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which, first of all, like, okay, there's a cage back there, but... It's funny that he locked himself into the cage when the third guy is famous for ripping the cage, ripping a door off of a cage. It's literally the first thing he did in wrestling as Kane. Yeah. Right. I know what to do. I know what to do with Kane. I'll lock him out of a cage. And guess what happens one second later? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He rips the fucking door off the cage. He does it again. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a superpower. Cage ripping. (laughs) Guess what I can do? Rip. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in uh, D&D it would be called an innate ability. Um, <laughs> right. Kane throws uh, Raven <laughs> Kane throws Raven through a window into Fuck. like a room. There's like a room there. You toss him right through the fucking window, breaks the window. Um Big Show slams Kane into a metal door and he bends the fuck out of that door. And I was like, who forgot to leave the door cracked? Yeah, right? Right, because, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> fucked that door up. That had to hurt like hell. Yeah. Um, yep. And then so they're in a different room from Raven, and they smash through the wall like two Kool-Aid men. Um, <laughs> and luckily, this particular wall was built without studs, and it only has one uh, sheet of uh, uh, drywall. Yeah. And... Um, and somebody totally left their fun. lunch in that second room. <laughs> Oops. And didn't throw well, away their drinks. Lazy what asses. was it? C- could you see what their what their lunch was? Uh it was it Whataburger? <laughs> yeah, it's Possibly. <Houston>. Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Um they totally fucked the whole bit up because it's supposed to be a couple of like offices, but you can totally see that there's no ceiling. 
Yeah. Right? Like they built these two offices they, in the middle of the backstage area, yeah. but they put no ceiling on it. You can yeah, see they literally like, constructed it for this match. Yeah, they just put up yeah. four walls and a window and a door. And it's so obvious that they built it for... It's the only time in TV... Like, think about it. It's the only time in TV history you've ever seen a ceiling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, think of any yeah. TV show you've ever watched. You never see the fucking ceiling because the ceiling is where all the lighting is. That's you know, true. Like, what, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like Married with Children, you never see the ceiling. Right. Um, the but, Office might be one of the only shows you ever see the ceiling, but only when Angela throws the cat through the fucking <laughs> ceiling and then and then uh, Bandit comes crashing down through another fucking uh, drop tile. <laughs> that was even that an so episode good, of dude. The Big Bang Theory where it was all about a bird that got into the room and on the ceiling, but you never actually see the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was really weird. It was like, dude, seriously, like that's where you guys stopped building shit at the ceiling. Yeah. Like you could, honestly, they could have put a piece of like construction paper over it, like the WCW kids, and nobody would have been fucking known WCW the difference. No, kids. this is Texas. There, some uh, smokehouse got some butcher paper available. Yeah, just roll exactly. that shit out. Yeah, it was like a really shocking lack of detail. Um. Kane gets on a golf cart and he puts Jimmy Corderas on the back and he almost drives over Raven's legs. Well, first Raven got nuts. into a golf cart. What's that? Raven was the first one to jump into a golf cart. Oh, right. And then show tries to choke him out. They don't get far. Yeah. Raven, Raven pulls an Ann Hesh crashes. <laughs> Damn, then Kane, Kane jumps into a golf cart and pulls a sunny and hits Raven. It was insane, dude. Yeah, the whole thing was a big fucking disaster. It was a shit show. Yeah, and then someone is someone out in the uh, like episode of Jackass. Yeah, and someone, someone, <laughs> yeah, and someone at ringside is yelling "fuck him up," and I'm I'm sure he's drunk. <laughs> By match three. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Match three, the guy's fucking shit faced. <laughs> well, I mean, it. I've been to Texas, dude. I know how they roll. <laughs> Guns and liquor. Woohoo! <laughs> um, Raven's bleeding from the window, and they come back into the stadium onto the stage. And uh, Big Show's about to press slam Raven off the stage, but Kane pushes. So Big Show's got um, Raven in a gorilla press. Kane pushes both nope. of them. Big boot. Big boot. Uh, big boot. Big boot. Yeah. Off of the stage through some big clear box, and then he drops an elbow on him and pins him. And Pin uh, Show. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool match. Um, a lot of work clearly went into setting up that match. Like they brought in an actual construction crew. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot to it. It was fun. It was three guys beating the fuck out of each other, doing some fucking gimmicky spots, but I loved it. I thought it was really, it's the kind of match I don't normally like, but I don't know. Being the only one on the show like this. And Kane and Big Show were in it. like. And Kane is two legends, big motherfuckers right? with a little dude. It was a fun match. I liked it a yeah, lot. Yeah, no offense to Raven. He kind of held his own, but... This is mm -hmm. definitely that atmosphere of uh, still the... I don't know if uh, it was still doing 24-7 ruling, but all those hardcore matches would just get all over the place, and it just this match just exemplified that. Yeah, and the year before, WrestleMania 16, uh, which you and I were at, Eddie... The yes. hardcore title was featured again, and it had, like, what, 15 guys in it or something crazy like that? And it was on a timer, and guys could just keep pinning each other, and they would keep mm -hmm. crowning new champions. It was yeah, insane. It was, like Taz, it was Taz and Crash and... 
I don't know who the fuck else. So the hardcore title was always kind of that gimmicky thing, which really mm-hmm. lent itself well to this match. So yeah, for match number three, it was fine. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good match. I liked yeah. it. And Corderas counts not on the ground, just slapping the glass on the on the side. <laughs> on the he side, he's standing he upright. He's like, "Fuck that! <laughs> fuck! I can't get in there." I sure I could see it. One, two. <laughs> like he's smacking that ass. Yeah. For the pinfall. <laughs> Smacking that glass. Smacking that glass. <laughs> yes. All right. Next up, we have Kurt watching. Uh uh. Do the cross mm-hmm. face on him. Mm hmm. Like creepy obsessive. Yeah, and then Edge and Christian come back and they're like fun loving and he's in no mood for that shit at all. No. He ain't playing. Like, ah, he's Maddie Tapp. You guys. Because yes, if yeah. there was no official and it wasn't an official match, then officially yep. he never tapped. Yep, he's in angle mode right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he was literally hurt. one month away from being in the main event of this WrestleMania, and now you have to put up with uh uh-uh, uh embarrassing mm-hmm. him. Exactly. So he's not in the mood. Yeah. Our next then match. Then we get a shot of uh, WWF New York, and Jimmy Snuka is there, and his girlfriend is not. And that's all I got to say about that. Take that as you will. And then we get a little coach segment. (laughs) Not to say anything to do with that, but she wasn't there. I don't know why she wasn't there. We don't know. We're not sure. I don't know anything. Oh, yeah. Coach is with a fan from Australia, mate. Yeah, he's with a fan from Australia. And uh, she came to the show and is the first she's ever come and she loves it. And suddenly, I don't know why, but suddenly a um, whole lot of Rosie got stuck in my head. Hmm. No idea why. Hmm. Okay. Take that and I don't want to say anything else about her. Hmm. <laughs> Next match is Ribbit for the, w- the WWF European 56. Championship. <laughs> And uh, make sure that you tune in uh, to the end of this episode. Eddie's going to skin us out. Uh, it's Eddie Guerrero with lover of fuzzy lampshades, Perry Saturn, taking on the champion test. And Paul, Perry? Oh, Paul what? says, can you imagine how much class it adds to Europe if Eddie, a Mexican, becomes the champion? <laughs> JR is just dumbfounded how to respond. Heyman also explains that Texas is in Mexico. Which isn't exactly wrong. Hmm. Um, Perry Saturn looks like a fucking idiot. Does he look fucking stupid? Yeah, he does. He really does. He's got the hat, right? The dumb fucking fuzzy hat. Lugs. uh, Lugs. Yeah. Um, So 2000. Did you guys like Perry Saturn, either of you, at all? I did in WCW. Did you? I did. No, I really did. Okay. And in WCW, he was awesome, dude. And I was like, okay, cool. WWF's going to fucking do some shit with him, and he's going to be awesome. And they had no idea what the hell to do with Perry Saturn, dude. Yeah. They they, they really didn't. Like, I loved him in WCW as part of the flock, and then he broke off and did his own thing. He was I a good wrestler. Saturn, he, he did he a was. lot of cool moves. Um, I loved him as part cool... of the Eliminators, too. Yeah. Um, do you think it was him, or do you think it was WWE? He wasn't the same guy in WWE. 
Yeah. Like he was he wasn't as agile as he used to be because of different right. injuries or whatever. So maybe it was a combination of that and WC or WWF just really didn't know how to how to put him on the show or what and to do with so, his character. And they had so many guys at the same time, you know, like roster the was roster huge, was fucking dude. swole. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, I was never really a Perry Saturn fan, but I didn't really see a lot of his WCW stuff. Like I feel like maybe I would have liked him more. Yeah, pre-WWF, I was a big Saturn fan. Then when he hit yeah. the WWF, I had big hopes for the Radicals, and really it was only uh-uh, and Eddie Guerrero that that made a name for themselves. The other I mean, two just kind of brushed aside. I mean, yeah. he was yeah. just always the heel at that time when I started watching, but didn't yeah. mind him coming out because Terry would come out. Right. Well. That's always then, a plus. And then yeah. we always uh, we have his love story with Moppy. Yeah. Yeah, and shockingly, that didn't get over. Yeah, a guy in a mop who, who wouldn't want to cheer for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, right. <laughs> maybe they, they. I mean, that's con- main event level shit. They consummated <laughs> and gave birth to whatever that fucking hat was that he wore. Throw Mick Foley he- got over with a sock. Give the guy a mop, damn it! He'll get over. He fucked- you think he fucked that mop at him? Uh, it's a nice hand. Long handle, there are orifices where he could stick it in, and if like Terry wasn't giving him any, I mean, do you think do you think uh, Moppy was the top or the bottom? <laughs> no, Moppy was just clean up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, nice, nice. <laughs> what is it? What a dumb show. Maybe we should just fucking end this right now. Um, <laughs> oh, God, no. Where's Tommy Dreamer when we need him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just come fucking take us all out. Um, so the trading punches to start, and Tess hits a powerbomb for a two count. Like, boom. Like, right away, it's a powerbomb. And uh, Eddie powered, powders out. And um, right away, Eddie starts throwing punches. And I was like, he's selling that power bomb like he's fucking Hercules in, in a match with Sid Vicious. <laughs> with Sid, yeah. As in, nope. Uh, yeah, right. selling. Yeah, he took a power bomb. He's like, got right up and started throwing punches. <laughs> um, and the test is fucking tossing Eddie all over the place. And they're really establishing the size difference early on. Yeah, Eddie Not was so they... good at that, dude. When he wrestled bigger guys, he'd bump like a madman. And he'd yeah, really, he really get that did. size and, difference across every and, single and he match he had. A, and he wasn't a small dude. I bet he was like two twenty. You know what I mean? Or right. Two, two ten anyway. Um, I don't think he was. I don't think he was six feet. I don't think he was particularly tall. But he was a big, muscular fucking guy. He looks bigger on TV than I'm sure he really was. Um, but being in the ring with Tess, he would look smaller than he probably actually was. But I thought that was really cool that right away they just sort of like, here's the story. You got the small guy versus the big guy. Right. And um, in a twist, the big guy is the is the um, uh, face. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, Eddie goes for a top rope Hurricane Ron, but Tess blocks it, and he hits a back elbow, which was a pretty cool spot. And then Tess charges Eddie. Eddie drops down, and he pulls the top rope. And here's where the match gets funny. He pulls the top rope down. Tess goes over it, but he hangs his foot up between the top and the middle rope. This had to be unplanned, right? The way Eddie came over and got him out of it, uh-huh. I think it was unplanned. Like, I think Test was legitimately stuck in the ropes. Like normally, you see something like that and it's it's planned. 
right? Yeah. The guy can get out of it as on like Andre used to do that almost every match. Where he'd get hung up with his you arms. You could con- conveniently put them in the right position to crucify them a bit or just yes, restrain exactly. them. Yes, exactly. And but this was an accident. Yeah, Cactus would do the hangman spot where he does it yes, on his neck. get caught on his and, neck, um, right, right. And there's that video from uh, Chicago Film Archive where Buddy Rogers did that with his neck. Uh, and it was way better than Cactus ever did it. But this just looked like, <laughs> this looked like it was a legit fuck up. And the ref is fucking frantically trying to get the boot out. And Eddie just kind of walks over and he's like, <laughs> test yeah, falls but, out of the but ring. the very beginning of it, Eddie was like, yelling at the ref and the ref starts backing him up because they're trying to give him a minute to get out, you know? Yeah. And he's um, stuck as fuck, really dude. like, boom, like how quickly they were thinking, you know, like that's two professionals. But um, yeah, then Eddie has to come out and help him escape. Right. That's when I was sure it was uh, for real. Um, yeah. And Eddie asked, you could hear him. Um, if you pay attention, you could hear Eddie ask him if he's okay. Um, then they get back in the ring and Eddie works his leg and he slows it down. I was like, I wonder if that was an audible. Like, I wonder if he was ever going to work his leg. It makes sense to work a tall guy's leg, but ground. But Eddie's so level. smart. Yeah, he exactly. could do like, that on the fly. That's a veteran. You know, that's the kind of thing a guy like Eddie would do. Like, oh, you just right. did this. Now I'm going to work your leg. Right. Um, Tess catches him at a tilt-a-whirl slam and a tilt-a-whirl powerbomb and JR calls Eddie a pinata, which seems... <laughs> Fairly racist. Kind of, sort of, yeah. So, sounds like something County. that Heyman should have said. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 only the heel announcers should say racist things. Um, We're for Heenan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Greg Valentine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, just go on to YouTube and search oh. Greg the racist Valentine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, it's so bad. The 80s, dude. <laughs> Junkyard dog. No. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not gonna no, repeat it. please don't. Please don't. Um, Adam's going to walk away. <laughs> um, Eddie hits a blow, low blow on test. And uh, he draws the referee into the corner while Perry Saturn hits a shake, rattle, and roll on uh, test. And Eddie gets two count. Then Eddie goes for a frog splash. He misses, rolls through it. He takes a pump handle slam. Uh, Perry, Perry Saturn distracts the referee at that point, and when he goes back, he uh, Eddie gets a two count, or Tess gets a two count, which I was like, that was pretty cool. Like, they protected Tess's finisher. You know what right. I mean? Like, he didn't hit it in the piano immediately. He was distracted. Yes. Um, And then Tess takes both of them out with big boots, and then here comes Malenko. He runs in to break up the pin on Eddie. Eddie hits Tess with the belt, and one, two, three. That's the end of the match. And I thought it was a really good match. I really like the big guy being the baby face. And I thought that they, um, Eddie was the right one to win, but I thought they did a good job of protecting test test. Didn't come out looking bad at all. No, he didn't. I mean, he didn't no. get much of a reaction from the crowd when he came out and he's the big baby face, but yeah, they definitely made the right call, dude. Eddie mm-hmm. winning. Perfect. Yeah. Just really good match. I liked it a- a lot. After Malenko pulled his leg out, it seemed like Tess didn't get a really good grip on uh, him, on his head or whatever, to bring him up. So it was more like he was just touching him a bit. And Malenko's face is like he's about to get his face ripped off. He looks <laughs> just so terrified. Like <laughs> <laughs> Those Eddie, light heavy you need a, uh, If you need a thumbnail for our video, it's Adam making that face. You'll know what I'm talking about when you watch it back. His O face. 
It caused well, that behind uh, your office. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's how the dinosaur got decorated. It's got better it. than a bukkake sore. <laughs> Backstage, Foley says to Michael Cole that he's going to call it down the middle. Mm-hmm. In his referee spray-painted attire. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So professional. And we also see the arrival of Stone Cold. Mm -hmm. And then we get into our next match. Kurt Angle versus... I love Kurt on the microphone. Coming down to the ring talking shit. Yeah, he doesn't like Texas and he wants them to lose the freaking cowboy hats. Which is great because like three months later he's wearing a cowboy hat. (laughs) A little one too, like, like a tiny, like a child's mind. cowboy hat. You and the best part was he's like lose the cowboy hats because you're not seven years old anymore. And he literally comes out wearing a seven year old's cowboy hat three months later, which is just <laughs> awesome. I loved it. It was so great. You know what, dude? That's one of those things where I see that and I'm like, I fucking love wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's so good. That, but it's when so you have somebody fun. as good as Kurt Angle doing it, it makes it mm-hmm. easier to love, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. He's exactly. so great. Yeah. And he had only been in the business to this point, maybe, what, two and a half? Not even two and a half years. No, no, no. Like a year and a half. A year half, and a he half, showed maybe. Up, he showed up at Survivor Series 99, right? A yeah. 99? There you go. So, yeah, a year Survivor and a half. Survivor Series 99. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. And, and he's, he's already having maybe year and match a half, of the night, arguably. Du- double champion, king of the ring, WWF champion, one month away from being in the main event of this night. Yep. Yeah. And no one's ever no one's ever gotten that good that fast. Yeah. Before or since. You know what I mean? Like no one's gone because there was no NXT back then, right? You just went from uh training with uh Dory Funk and fucking uh Tom Pritchard up in Stanford to write on the TV. And it's like just fucking like baptism by fire. You know what I mean? Like um sink or swim type of thing. Yeah, and the dude fucking swam. He showed up and he was great from day one. Yeah, and it was no surprise at all to me that he was in a in a spot like this in WrestleMania the following, like his second WrestleMania. You know, and I don't think that it was an unwarranted push at all. He earned every single bit of this. I mean, I don't think anybody's yeah. ever come in and been that good that fast. Like, it's never yes, happened. Yes, they strapped the rocket on his back and decorated him really quickly, as Adam mm-hmm. pointed out. But he earned every fucking bit of that, dude. Totally, Every bit totally. of it, he earned it because he was that good. And also to a point which allowed him to keep growing after that. Yes. Like yes. you didn't give His him... His character ev- was always evolving. You didn't give him yeah. everything right away. You gave him plenty and then still give him that uh, room for creativity. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah totally. First- I mean, like this year he doesn't like cowboy hats. Four years later, he doesn't like Jesus. Right. That's gross. God damn, yeah. You know what I mean? That's character development. <laughs> I sort of have the same trajectory in my life. Um, so they start out with Matt reps wrestling like it's the Olympics, you know? And you can see, like, I don't actually know if Benoit has an amateur background, but he looked like he fucking did. He looked like he did. Um, oh, this it, is also the second year in a row these guys have faced each other at WrestleMania. Right, because the prior year, uh, the previous year, it was the two of them and Jericho. Jericho right. Was it was a triple where threat. It was like uh, first fall wins this title, second fall wins that title. Yes. Yes. Um, so this is a one-on-one. Yeah. So they do a bunch of quick mat wrestling and then they stare each other down. 
and the crowd fucking loves it. And I was like, that's good shit, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, first sorry, punch is thrown at, at about five minutes into the match. Yeah. So, 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 uh, ooh, ooh, ooh is outworking angle. And eventually angles like, fuck this. And when the referee separates, I mean, decks his ass. Um, same thing. Yep. It was the same thing that happened with Bret Hart and Roddy Piper at, um, eight, right? It's not the first time we're going to mention that match on this show. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. I was this spoiler. I didn't alert. even, I didn't even have mm. that in my notes. I just thought of that right now. Um, God, you two really are wrestling's best couple. <laughs> we're, a power, we're a power couple. Um, I'm more and, of a power uh, couple. At this point, Angle's eyes look swollen. I don't know if you noticed that, but he looks like he was like crying or hung over or something. Like, hmm. I assume it was because he was hung over because... Um, you think he went to the clubhouse? Well, well, no, that's in Dallas, but they're in Houston. But Houston has BYOB strip clubs. Oh, and they also have um, black strip clubs, and we all know how like he 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 likes black chicks. So maybe his they maybe that's why his eyes were uh, swollen. He had a good night. He had a good night. Yeah, his I had Saturday a good night. was proper. Yeah, I had a good. That's the kind of club I went to the night where the cab driver wouldn't pick me up and the uh, waitress drove us home. And uh, <laughs> that's all I'd like to say about that. It's, it's very embarrassing. It's one of those nights where you wake up the next morning. And it's like, do you remember what you did? Oh fuck! <laughs> um, Save it for your Patreon, dude. <laughs> oh my god, I could totally do an entire Patreon. Yeah, you know what, you guys? Fuck it. Show uh, this is the end of the show. This is our last episode. We're just doing my Patreon. I'm going to tell you like drunk <laughs> stories. <laughs> you know what? You'll have a fan base, dude. Guaranteed. Those stories. Yeah, are we'll talk about great. the time I almost. Yeah, we'll talk about the time I almost got thrown in the drunk tank in San Leandro um, <laughs> after my band's brother played, um, or while my band's brother played. Brother, brother's band played. <laughs> Shit, you might be drunk, dude. You drink, Jules. You drink. Tetramana and a can of something. <laughs> uh, they go outside in the ring. Outside of the ring, we get some uh, table shots. You know, like smash them into the table. Shots into the stairs. They go back inside and um, Angle slowly working them over. Um, then Angle starts doing the uh, short arm belly to bellies. You know, he like grabs them like Jake the Snake with the short arm DDT, but he's him with the belly bellies. And uh, ooh 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 hits a clothesline on a third one, and then you get a really quick double down. And they get up and they start trading uh, trading chops. And that's when Uu takes over. Uh, it was surprisingly slow in the middle of the match for these two guys, to be honest. But I think it needed to slow down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were going hot and heavy off the jumping. I mean, especially exchanging all that amateur wrestling at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that took a lot out of them, dude. That shit's not yeah. easy. That that drains you real fast. Totally, totally, yeah. Um, and then Uu does the three Germans on angle. But in the third one, angle rolls him into an ankle, uh, angle lock. But Benoit reverses it into another angle lock, and then Angle kicks his way out, which is a really cool exchange. It was like three times right in his temple, too. And then yeah, I love yeah. that JR pointed boom. that out. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, they go into the corner, and we get a, a, crossface, a crippler crossface. Um, but Angle escapes it and reverses it, and then we get a ref bump. And um, Angle taps to a crossface, and he gets let out. Uh, and then he hits an angle slam. Breath is two. out. Yep. Tapped again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so exactly, they protect right? Benoit. Or, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. They I'll, protect I'll him. I'll out where you said his name. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> then we get a um, Angle does a moonsault on Uu, but Uu's too close. I blame him because he had to roll away from the corner to get his knees up. So it was right. kind of a bit of a botch on his part. Um, then he hits a diving headbutt for two. Angle hits a low blow, and um, the finish is um, Angle rolls him up for a three count while holding the tights. It's a pretty like mundane finish, you know. Which is pretty funny, actually, given all of the the technical show off that happened during this match. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it ends with a, a cheating hook of the tights. Yeah. Like the, yeah, that's totally kind of right. a bullshit like, finish, but yeah, I, it was hilarious too. It was, but <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was. Um, I think they got the point across that this is not over. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's going to yeah, be more to come the fact on this. Of literally saying it, how many times for the next two minutes? Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> only issue I had with it there was the second match with the low blow on the row. Uh, it, uh low. Yes, and that's that's you know what that's a hard thing that. to say even if I wasn't drinking. Um, I would have rather Kurt Angle hit him with a thumb to the eye or something. You know what I mean? Just like a different shady thing to do. You know? Yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. Instead of the low blow that had previously been used. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about the match. But a solid match. It was. Yeah. It was very solid. It was technical, uh, but yeah. yes, very much so. Very mm-hmm. much so. It it got both guys over. Both guys got to showcase what they could do. And uh, I'll just say that the right guy won because I hate the other fucking guy. Fuck him. Because he's because he's from Edmonton. Right. Because of that. Thank you. Okay. Fuck him. Uh, Michael Cole. Sh- hello to our listeners in Edmonton. Uh, Michael Cole, uh, is he finds uh, William Regal, who's in a WrestleMania jersey. Finds Kamala and Kimchi doing shit on his desk. <laughs> Not literally, though. Thankfully, yeah. But <laughs> that'd uh, be horrible. But yeah, regardless yeah, yeah. Kamala, of what's happening, he's got a picture yeah. of the queen. Yeah, Kamala's on the desk with a picture of the queen with both of his feet. It was quite a scene. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. It was yeah, it was something to see. I would have figured uh, this would have been the perfect time for Jericho to pee him off or. <laughs> Pee on the desk to get Kamala off. <laughs> Kamala's <laughs> dropping a deuce in the teapot. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> what is this chocolate scone that wasn't here before? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, there's a montage from the military pep rally at Fort Hood in Killeen, Texas. A lot of tanks. No banging, though. Damn it. Where's yeah. Rusev when you need him? Yeah. I mean, Lana was like at least 13 at this point. She was old enough to fucking bang someone in the tank. Right. Just ask Buck Zumhoff. <laughs> oh, was he known for that? May not have been chicks. Okay. Uh, hmm. Well. <sighs> That's enough about him. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. If there's grass on the field, play ball, I guess. <laughs> Moving on. All right, Kevin but grass Kelly. Grass doesn't grow on a playground. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kelly's interviewing Kurt and uh, uh, attacks from behind, gets the crossface again, and angle taps. But technically, it wasn't an official round and it wasn't in an official match. So did he tap? No, no. never happened. No, never happened. I mean, I mean, that's a goddamn American hero there. He doesn't tap. 
That's right. That's yeah. right. He'll never yeah. tap in a match when a referee is present. Yeah, he's our Olympic hero. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He earned right. those medals, damn it. The next match is for the WWF Women's Championship. From the right to censor, the champion Ivory taking on China. And before the match starts, we get a shot of JR and um, Heyman. And someone behind Heyman has a sign that says, I'm ready, Lord, take me. Which would have been a fucking fantastic sign to be behind him if Dreamer had killed him. Fuck. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> no, no, I missed that. Yeah, I mean that's like so appropriate. It's like it's very, it's very, uh, it's very Fred Sanford. You know what I mean? I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> I bet Dreamer was watching it too, and he's like, "Damn it, that was my sign. I should have done it. it." All the stars are fucking aligned. <laughs> Everything aligned. I should have fucking been there. It would have been perfect. Jeez. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyways, uh, there's something to note about this match. China has signed a hold harmless agreement uh, saying that Ivory cannot be held responsible if China re-injures her neck. And also stipulation re- right to censor is banned from ringside. Is that really the only way Ivory had a chance in this match is to tease the injury to China's neck? Like you're thinking, yes. oh, she, yeah. yeah. Really, that was kind of the only way this is even considered competitive. Is if right. one of them is injured going into it, and it has to be China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This this is squash. I mean, honestly, in in terms of WrestleMania matches. That, yeah. Oh, dude, this is this is um the Hart Foundation versus the Bolsheviks in fucking oh, uh, thank you. six, right? Yes, hundred yeah, percent. Yes, that's the only squash worse than this. Um, yeah. China shoots the fucking fireball gun. You know, like she's like Hadouken when she comes into the ring. <laughs> the <laughs> <Right>? bazooka. <laughs> Yeah, Adam mentioned that last week. Um, China's wearing purple, which was Ivory's color. I don't know if you guys knew that. Oh no, you. But you're right. You're you're totally go right. You mentioned watch, that. I forget what episode, but yeah, that's a back, nice middle finger. Go back and watch anything from late '98, '99. Ivory was always in purple. If she wasn't wearing purple, she was carrying like a purple like scarf or whatever the fuck. Purple was her color. I have no idea. I if think you China mentioned just, that when we covered what was it fourteen. 14? Probably. Because that I think that was her first appearance. Yeah, and I have no idea if like there's that. any reason that Ivory or that China was in purple, like fuck Ivory or anything like that. I just noticed that she was in purple, and that's Ivory's color. Hmm. So I think it's you know a mean? nice middle finger to give. It might have yeah. meant nothing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Maybe She's, it did though. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. I don't know. I never noticed that purple is Ivory's color till um, I heard her say it on a podcast. So who fucking knows? Um, Ivory plays like she's scared um, to draw China in. So China comes after her and Ivory. <laughs> it's her she's with the holding belt. the belt like fucking. Oh, I love it. It's just, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like making out with the belt. Um, she's holding the belt the way I hold AJ. Um, she smacks her ass with the belt. And then she goes to work on her neck with some dark order type punches. Like <laughs> no one's ever seen worse, worse punches like this. Like you can see that she's not making a fist. You can see she's not connecting with her. She's like at best smacking her with her knuckles. It was the worst punches I've literally ever seen in my life in wrestling. And I didn't think about it till today till I was reviewing my notes. I wonder if she was warned not to potato China. Cause I think it was Jericho 
Somewhere I read that, I think it was Jericho's book. He said that he accidentally potato China and he got in a lot of trouble for it. Like China went to the back and complained about it and was like, oh yeah, he stiffed me. And uh, he got talked to about it. So I wonder if Ivory was told not to do that or if Ivory had heard about that and knew not to do that or what. But it was the literally the worst punches I've ever seen on WWE TV in in, in the 9,000 fucking matches I've seen. These are the worst punches. And I wonder if that's why that she was afraid to accidentally fucking potato China being super careful. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, right away. China puts her in the corner or I mean, sorry. Um, right away. China power bombs ivory and she takes forever to pin her. And then she lifts her up at two. Clearly she could have pinned her, uh, lifts her, lifts her shoulders up at two, puts her in a gorilla press, drops her. And then she just like leans back into her like that at least cockiness. At least Warrior would have the respect to hit someone with a splash and do a real pin on him. Right. China just hit her with a hit her with that, sat down and leaned back on her and pinned her for three. And it was garbage. I fucking hate this match. I hate the way it ended. I hate the way they treated Ivory. I hate Vince McMahon for this. I hate China. I hate everything. Um <laughs> total garbage, totally shit on the best worker they had in the entire division. Um, who was a hard worker who would put over anybody trash, complete fucking shit. Well, and then, I mean, to your point, dude, you had mentioned during the China episode that maybe by putting the belt on China, they booked themselves into a corner because you have her Mm -hmm. defeat the champion like this. Who else is she going to face that would even present even a a close competition at all? You know, they're only... Only and what were they going to do? Up and comer would be Lita, and I think they it, did face off, and that's it. Yeah. And China had to win this match, but especially like maybe they should have figured out China's contract status before booking the match the way they did, or fucking right. something. Right. It buried but, Ivory at WrestleMania, dude. God damn, they bury the fuck out of the best worker they had in the division, and then China fucking took off. Right. You know. Yep. Took off, went crazy, and died. Yeah, um, this was like um, Daniel Bryan losing the title at that WrestleMania in record time. No, 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 because that got Daniel Bryan over. That's when the Yes Movement started. Okay. Dude, he was a way fucking bigger star after that. 28 was when he really blew up. Even the next night, he came out and the crowd went crazy. And he was like, oh, I think that I think I know what's going to be on my, on my next T-shirt. And then, what, that was 28, 30, he was in the main event, you know? True. Um, no, that did way more for Brian. Um, maybe like in an ironic way, but I don't think that hurt Brian at all. But this destroyed fucking Ivory. You know, she was kind of done after this. She was sort of weak and lame. And then yeah. fucking China was gone. You know, yeah. it, it did. It did. And I know that they thought China was going to be the big shot going forward, um, but they fucked up. And I don't blame her. And we spent last week fucking like blowing her, you know, and saying how great she was. Um, so I don't blame but her for this th- at There all. could have been a better way to do this, though. Like there at could least have been you have a competitive better... match where Ivory they... comes out looking somewhat good. You know, a, lo- a lot of people had really competitive matches and lost and still looked great. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just had um, to still play Stone with Cold that gimmick that right to censor was weak or couldn't um, fight. Stone Cold didn't beat Brett at 13. You know what I mean? Um Ivory could have fucking lost the match in a, in a, they could have done 10 minutes and she could have come out looking good 
and they could have protected her. And with China leaving, Ivory could have been the face of the division. Whatever. Yeah. So many things could have been done differently. All of them better than this. Yeah. Yep. Agree. It could have been a totally different match and made yeah. both people look good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, while Adam sets, sets up the next match, I'm going to pee. Well, you went an and hour without having to pee. Good job, dude. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, and that's get two get, in get one WrestleMania episode. <laughs> uh, then, so pretty much uh, we get Vince uh, asking Trish if she doubled Linda's medication. Because that's exactly what you want to do to someone in that condition. Also, it might be exactly what they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she might have really been medicated for the show. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I'm surprised that these events didn't come up during debates during her Congress run or whatever. Or no, how, or House, whatever the fuck it was. But yeah. Uh, anyways, yes, exactly. Michael Cole comes in uh, just trying to get some kind of comment. Vince says, shocking. You are going to get shocking. I guarantee it. <laughs> You do a good Vince, Adam. I try. I will say, you do a good Vince. It's like that rap, that raspiness. Yes. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. It takes practice. Well, you've done well. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I can tell Thank you've you. been practicing. Yes, and I, I need to practice more on the growing his uh, whatever the fucking mustache he had. <laughs> <laughs> the Gomez Adams. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. <laughs> But the next match that we have, as soon as Eddie is joining us, we have a street fight or the dysfunctional family mania. Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon with Daddy's Girl. And special guest referee is Mick Foley. This was way earlier in the show than I remembered it being. Really? Yeah, because it's like an hour and 45 minutes into a four-hour show. You know what I mean? I just thought it was way later. I, I actually forgot. I thought I thought it was like the second to last match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, my memory's fucked. It, we're old. It happens. Ter- Terramana um, and a, and a and can of something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shane shouts out to the WCW wrestlers, and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> Okay, Scott, I told you to look when they showed the WCW guys in the skybox. Was that Johnny Ace on the left? I think it was. It was fucking Johnny Ace, right? Was he still wrestling? No, he might have just been. I thought he was like a backstage guy at this point for them. Okay. Maybe he was just sitting up there with them like he was the WWF agent, making sure they were like, there was at least somebody there when that match happened. So it didn't it look like an animal shelter full of unadoptable pets? Like, they look like they would have literally rather have been anywhere else than right there. They just looked dejected, uninterested. They didn't give a fuck. I would not it adopt Johnny Ace. You would have what? I would not have adopt Johnny Ace. <laughs> but if you walk over Espe- here, especially you now, can have knowing- this wrestler known as Sean Stasiak. I mean, especially now can- knowing what kind of things went on in Johnny Ace's office. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it was a very shady place. A lot of sharing, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> that explains the dinosaur again. 
<laughs> um, how twisted was the Linda shit? Oh, dude. It was fucked. Like Vince's got he's got her drugged up so he can fuck Trish in front of her. Yeah. And which she's is wheelchair like, bound. She can't even fucking pre- walk. Pretty much for for backtrack, uh Vince uh, said he wants several weeks ago, he told Linda he wants a divorce. The shock puts her in this state. Like a catatonic, catatonic state. state. Catatonic yeah. state, like, yeah. Yeah, she's like Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't he? Why did he have to fuck Trish in front of Linda? Why couldn't he just fuck her in front of the dinosaur like everyone else? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just what a bizarre fuck. What a crazy angle. Like a dude, a dude actually wrote this angle on his own TV show. It's like when uh, Tarantino wrote the sucking on the foot angle uh, in a uh, uh, sucking on Selma Hayek from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, on yeah, Selma he cast himself. Character. Yeah, right. He's like. Well, if someone's got to suck her feet, it's going to be me, obviously. Like, that's what Vince is. He's like, well, if someone's got to make up a Trish. <laughs> it's I'm gonna the be CEO, me, and therefore I have to. For the good of the company. Yeah. Do you think Linda lived in Florida already at this point? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That was a long time ago. <laughs> it was 2001. Like, I know that they didn't live together for a long time before this whole dinosaur scandal rolled out, but... I mean, I wonder if it went all the way back there. Well, there was no a idea. sign in the crowd that said Vince should buy Texas, but I had him pegged as a way more Florida man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he definitely would buy Florida. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a Florida man, <laughs> it's Oh, Vince. yeah, he had fucking, he had, uh... <laughs> yeah, can't you just see him and fucking Linda and Hogan sharing a room at Mar-a-Lago? Vagina. <laughs> Uh, Vince, I know this guy named Bubba. Can you come? (laughs) Anyway, uh, as the match starts, Vince smacks the fuck out of Shane right away. And he backs him into the corner and he just like strangles his ass. Just like chokes him. You know what I mean? Just like unclean punches. Yeah, he's just like, um, time for you to fucking die. I'm going to strangle you. Yeah. And then uh, Mick Foley stands between them in the corner. Uh, they're in the corner. Mick Foley stands between them and the camera. Mick Foley is between them and the camera um, with his back to the camera. And I was like, I kind of was like, that's the difference between a guest referee and a real referee. You know what I mean? Like a real referee would have never blocked that shot, which right. is sort of a interesting little tidbit, I thought, you know, because, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but a, 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 a trained WWE referee kind of only works in a horseshoe pattern. They never come down. So if you look at the ring, you've got the four sides, right? You have the lower side in front of you. A referee never walks in that space. They only do the sides and the upper back part. Okay. Foley goes you right never want to up part on the hard camera. Makes sense. You never want to upstage uh, the featured wrestlers. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To put it into like a theater um, terms, the referee never works upstage of the wrestlers. But Mick Foley totally does that immediately. Because he was used to working upstage. Well, he was not, he's not a referee. You know what I mean? He's right, not trained. Right, exactly. Um, so Shane's beating the fuck out of Vince, and uh, Steph gets in and slaps him, but Vince, um, I don't know. He's all fucked up. Shane has a goose egg. Did you notice that? Like, right yes. away? And I was like, oh, Vince fuck, gave him a Vince mouse. potatoes yep. ass. Yep, he did. Stuck, stuck. Imagine if your dad fucking gave you a goose egg. Like, <laughs> fucked you up. 
This is like those YouTube videos where dad and son are playing wrestling. They actually got to do it at fucking WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, you get to punch punch your own son in the face for real. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Remember that time you crashed the car? Bang! Fucking right in the (laughs) eye, dude. (laughs) That'd be Hogan. (laughs) Remember that time you crashed the car, Nick, brother? I'm and not touching that one, dude. I am not touching that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> I'll um, save that for the roast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still um, fucking happening. <laughs> Shane chokes us with an extension cord that somebody forgot to put away. It's just like right there on the aisle. It's convenient. Um, then Shane grabs a kendo stick and uh, beats the fuck out of Vince. He hits him with a series of punches, and Vince sells one before Shane throws it, which was cool. Like, you're just like, oh, man, Vince, <laughs> yeah. dude. Um, it, was, it was another, like, Dark Order thing. Um, Shane hits Vince with a monitor to the head, Vince, and he lays him on the table, and he, he does the elbow from the top rope, but stel- uh, Steph helps him move. And then here comes Trish and Linda, and here's yeah. where shit gets fucking crazy. Yeah, it's off the rails at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it's really, it's just like a family feud. You know? Yep. Dysfunctional um, family feud. Yes. Yeah, so Tr- Trish helps him up and he, and smiles at him, but then she slaps the fuck out of him. The crowd goes crazy. Yeah. And then this is Trish's Steph, turn. Yeah, Trish, now, Tr- yes, yeah, the Trish baby face turn. Right. Um, the sex wasn't good. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steph slaps her. And uh, they get into a little bit of a brawl. They chase each other through the ring. And uh, Steph ends up chasing Trish, like, out of the arena. And um, Vince goes over to Linda. He calls her a bitch, <laughs> which is, like, kind of excessive. And he gives her a look like he, he's going to murder her. So then he puts her in the ring, and you're like, oh, shit, what the fuck's he, He's going to lynch her, you know? Yeah, it's about to be a snuff of- film. Yes, yeah, but <laughs> he has to be like faces of death. Damn it. Um, now somebody was going to upstage Dreamer? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, we had two near murders on the show. Um, and we got an asshole chant, which is great. Um, he sets a chair up in the corner. He puts Linda in it. And I forgot all this at this point. You know, like I hadn't seen the show in probably five or six years. Yeah. Right? Also, and, b- uh, before that, uh, Mick tries to wheel Linda out to a safe distance, Vince Pops him in the back of the head. Back of the head with a chair. Oh, yeah. He caught him good right. too. Unprotected, and it was like yeah. that was a bad angle to hit him at. Yeah, he fucking don't him, one. Dude. Just oh man. Yep. Yeah. Um he whacks Shane in the head with the trash can and then he tosses it and it almost hit Heyman. I don't yeah. know if you guys noticed <laughs> yeah. that. I did yeah, catch like, that. It hit like, the d- table right in front it. of him. Yeah. Yeah, Heyman it was like flinched. it was like whack-a-mole, like Heyman ducked under the desk. Yeah. Um Vince is asking Linda how she likes it. It's just like so sadistic. Yeah. And um, right before the third uh, garbage can shot to Shane, Linda stands up. He turns around and he clearly spreads his legs for her. Yeah. Right at the right time. To kick him in the dick. And, uh, but when you're watching it the first time, you don't really notice it. And the crowd definitely didn't notice how he like, set it up. She kids, kicks him in the dick and the crowd goes completely fucking bonkers. Um, Foley gets in. He beats the fuck out of him. Yeah, and then you get Shane's first coast to coast drop kick, the Van uh, Terminator to the trash can events, and one, two, three, and that's it. And Vince's whole fucking world just fell apart. His yep. girlfriend's gone. His fucking wife is back. 
Uh, Nick doesn't Beatum. own WCW. He, yep, he doesn't own WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. had a fucking. He had a rough fucking night. Hell of a night. Mm-hmm. If only there was one thing where he could put himself over once again. <laughs> we'll discuss that if that happens. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, then we get an access segment with the Hardys, and. Then uh, we cut back to see Triple H pull his knee pad into his Mania jersey. If you if you caught that, he pulled his knee pad into his jersey. If you watch when he gets up, like he's getting ready for the match, he like he's wearing that WrestleMania jersey. It's open. When he pulls his knee pad up, the jersey gets caught inside his knee pad. <laughs> In the Does knee he pad? not have thighs? <laughs> Do you want to ask him? <laughs> Is he a midget? <laughs> little I, person, dude. Come on. If you want little, to, little appro- person. If you want to approach that guy who could knock me out in one punch and say <laughs> that thing to him, he will gladly respond with something. All right, and then cut to Undertaker <laughs> warming up uh, with clean uh, sparring punches because that's the kind of locker room he gets. Right. Yeah. He is the badass. He's the badass. He gets it under, like, in an alleyway with a, or alcove way with a light. That's your locker room. The next match we actually covered back in our 21 years of TLC episode. But uh, for all of you who have joined us since then, this is TLC2 for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian versus the champions, the Dudley Boys. So we already, if you guys haven't heard this episode, we did an entire episode. I think it might have been like episode 50. I think it might have been like a milestone. Was it 50, Adam? Uh, I don't recall 50, but whatever it is, I think it is now one, at least 100 episodes since. So to catch this episode, you could at least find it on YouTube. Yeah, if it's not on the podcast platforms, it's definitely on YouTube. All of our episodes on YouTube. Um, I'm going to put the Lars Sullivan episode on YouTube maybe this weekend. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I have time. I drink. Um, <laughs> you drink, Jules. <laughs> you drink. <laughs> um, but we did an entire episode about the trilogy of TLC matches. So we're right. not going to go into too much detail on this match on this episode if you want to hear all about it, go back and play that episode. I don't know. Just go to YouTube and just fucking search Drunk Wrestling History TLC. Um, so just the highlights. Um, Bubba does a powerbomb on Jeff uh, through Edge on a table, which was cool. Um, really early on, the Dudley set up four tables outside the match or outside the ring. It's like two and two. You know, two so by two, two. Yep. Two sacks of two. Um, one of my favorite parts of the match was Bubba tilts a ladder at Matt and clobbers him on the head. Like he just like... He doesn't pick pick it up. He just like leans it forward and fucking whacks him, um, fucks him up. Then you get a spot where you got all yep. six guys on three ladders, so it's like two on each ladder. Um, Christian and Matt tip over, and they both try to hit the top rope. But what's crazy is Matt hits the top rope first, so the top rope lowers, and Christian goes right over the fucking thing to the oh. floor. Like he tries to land on it with his foot, but it's not. When he gets there, the rope's not there, and he just <laughs> goes right to the goddamn floor. Um, 
then Spike takes everyone out. Then Rhino takes everyone out. Then Lita takes everyone out. So now it's a, um, what is it? A three, three-way tag match with three extra people? Yes. I guess. Yeah. Again, it? as we established then, like this third ki- kind of this match. Now you've got, uh, now you've got recruits joining in this war of three tag teams. Yeah. Like their home, the homies mm-hmm. are showing up. It's like, right. Yeah. It's like gangster shit. Um, <laughs> That's backup. Yeah. Um, it's like the bloods and the crips and the fucking sharks. Um, Lita <laughs> almost kills spike with the chair shot. And then she takes her shirt off and takes a 3D. Um, <laughs> Jeff does the swanton, swanton on the outside off of a giant ladder. Um, and to Spike and Rhino on the tables. Takes them right out. In, right in front of Rock's mom. And um, Devon and Christian do the spot where they're hanging for the belts. Jeff tries to run across three ladders to get to the mm. belt fucks up falls would have been so cool if he got it it would have been so cool exactly yeah you know honestly i'm surprised he never if he ever tried it again it would have been in tna and i didn't see it yeah but um he could have tried it again in in another match that's when you get to the uh infamous instead we got this yep the infamous spot that you will see in highlight reels until the day you die where jeff hardy's beer heard around the world yeah jeff is hanging from the belt and Edge spears his ass off of another ladder. And it was the craziest spot besides um, any, besides, uh, besides the um, Hell in a Cell with the Undertaker and Mick Foley. It was yeah. the craziest spot we'd ever seen. Yeah. It was fucking nuts. Um, it was so cool. On his way um, down, his arms are nowhere to brace himself or try to get his legs into some right. kind of position to soften it. Flat back. He is. Mm-hmm. He heads yeah. down. Yeah. Um. In the end, Edge and Christian won when Rhino lifted Christian up the ladder. And um, I don't know if I ever noticed before, but there's blood all over the table by Matt's face. So I guess he got busted open because they went because he and oh, yeah. I think Devon went through the double the table. Uh, he and Bubba. Those tables, they didn't break. They fucking shattered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing I loved about this match is because I'm not huge on these style matches, but I loved that in this match. Normally, in a match like this where you got six guys in it, you'll do a spot where two of them will be taken out for like 10 minutes, right? right. Like two guys right. will clothesline and disappear, and you're like, what happened to those guys? I don't know, man. They, got they just go to the sidelines. That didn't happen that much in this match. Um, Two guys in the ring would be working on some spots, setting up a ladder, but the other four guys would be outside the ring just like punching the shit out of each other. So you never had that thing that always makes it just feel like contrived. Um, So I thought it was was as realistic as a match of this type could be. And you just didn't have that. That always takes me out of it when it's like, oh, the dude fucking uh, fell over the top rope and he's been out for 20 minutes. That didn't happen in this match until the very end when they were setting up the crazy stunts. Um, yeah. And at that point, it's kind of believable. Oh, well, he's been wrestling for 20 minutes. That That's why it closed on over the top rope, took him out for a long time. So right. I thought this was a fantastic match. It's my favorite of three ladder matches. And Does it also feel right that Edge and Christian won all three of these matches? Yes. Yes, because like, it- Edge was the best of the six of them 
yeah. by a fucking mile. Yeah. Um, and that's all. That's all I got to say about that. And it definitely doesn't hurt the Dudley's case for being the best tag team of all time. I still wouldn't being, use that as being as an involved in them. such an innovation of violence match or like yeah. they all three of them brought a sense of violence to WrestleMania that hasn't been seen before. So, and I will say, yeah. um, I met Jim Ross in 20 and I'm sure I told the story on the trilogy show. I met Jim Ross in 2014 in New Orleans uh, for WrestleMania 30. And I asked him when I went up to get a signature, I said, what is your favorite match that you've ever called? And he specifically said this was his favorite match that he's ever called because of the innovation that was involved. Yeah. So kudos to those six guys because they got high marks from JR. Definitely. Yeah. Do we also think there's at least one more ladder match left in edge? I hope so. No. No. Because no? no, because I'll tell you why. Because today is July 26th. I think he's going to, because he sort of teased this. Oh, unless he does a ladder match. Um, I think I think he has two matches left, SummerSlam and that SmackDown in Toronto. And that's it. Because he sort of already said that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm probably going to retire next year. Uh, WWE usually comes to Toronto in August. And uh, that'll be that. So unless, he, unless one of those two matches. Because he doesn't have a match. As of today, he doesn't have a match for SummerSlam yet, right? Right. No. Or so maybe he'll do yeah. a fuck, man. That'd be great if he did a. Uh, I don't think I've seen him on TV in the last two weeks, so I'm not even sure he's gonna be at SummerSlam. To be honest with you, unless he has a match with Grayson Waller, but maybe his oh. last gimmick. Yeah, well, there's no. I mean, there's no reason for that to be a ladder match. Uh, right, right. If there's he not wants to feud behind, if he it. wants to try yeah. to get one more, one more fuck you, I'm gonna destroy Judgment Day. Maybe challenge. Uh, uh, Damian Priest for the briefcase in the ladder match. Man, fuck! I hope I hope his last his last match is not a loss to Grayson Waller. It should at least be to uh, fucking Steiner's kid, you know? Uh, oh, to Braun Breaker. Breaker. I got you. Braun Breaker. Yeah, not fucking Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller's cool, but that's that's not the guy. But we'll you got to go out on we'll your see. back, right? So he's got to lose to somebody. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll and stick the hope is to the... put over the next the next you. Right? Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll stick around for another year and put over fucking Elias. Who knows? <laughs> I could, I could see. All, we'll see who who can predict the future. Every <laughs> everyone from Ezekiel. Chase U is gonna pin Edge and they're gonna run the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, then we get an access montage and. Uh, then Astrodome sets an attendance record of 67,925. Should have been 67,927. But we weren't there. Should have. Would have been cool. No, that's... You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because this is the blemish on my WrestleMania streak, right? It's the last Scott, one you missed for a long time. Not counting the COVID ones, right? Because, Scott, right. you and I went to WrestleMania 2000. Correct. And then I didn't go to this one because, I mean, a streak was not even a consideration for me. No. And then I went to 18, um, mostly because I'd always wanted to go to Toronto and I'd always wanted to see, see the Sky Dome. Right. So I went, and then I went every fucking year until um, 36. 35. No, we went to 35. That was New York. And then, and then yeah, 30, 36. 36 was the first one I missed, which we all missed. 
But uh, yeah, it was it was. I went to sixteen, and then eighteen through thirty five, and then I went to thirty eight and thirty nine. So I my streak is twenty one, but it's I sh- I hella regret not going to this, and it was I just didn't because it never even crossed my mind to like you, you didn't think about it. You're used to watching it on pay per view. Right, you didn't think I should get on a plane and go to fucking Houston? Yeah, I, w- I went to two thousand because it was in Anaheim. Like I could drive right. there, you know. Right. Um, it never crossed my mind to like get on a goddamn plane. Right. But and then all of a sudden like, it hits you. You're like, I'm a grown ass man. I can fly. A year later, I did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That was like the furthest one that's ever happened for me. And yeah. I really look at this show and I regret not having going going to it. Not having gone to it. Yeah. So, it is what it is. But uh, thanks for pointing that out, Adam. What a loser. Jeez. <laughs> Only a total loser would not go to WrestleMania 17. <laughs> I was At least pointing Adam has it out excuse. and just hopes yeah. that you were not rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next match. It's our gimmick battle royal. This was covered about 17 episodes ago. On the episode on uh, Drunk Wrestling History episode released on March third, uh, Bobby Heenan came back. Me and Gene came back. They did commentary. That's the highlight of this entire pay per view. It's the it's the highlight of two thousand one, and uh, Sheik won because Sheik could not go over the top rope. Yeah, and that's that. And if you want to hear more about it, go back however many episodes Adam said and listen to the watch along. But uh, the big takeaway is that Bobby Heenan was back and yep. back on good terms with WWE and yep. where he belongs and all, and, and, and all was right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our next match is actually one that we glossed over back when we did the undertaker American badass episode. Uh, this one definitely is uh, past 100, so you could catch it on YouTube. This is The Undertaker versus Triple H. And Triple H had the best entrance in the history of WrestleMania up, up to that point, right? Yep. And then they like, played him to, to the ring again a few years later. Uh, four 21. years later, 21. But like... Here's what's cool about him being played to the ring by Motorhead. Motorhead is not a mainstream band. You know, right. you didn't see Motorhead on TV. You didn't hear Motorhead on regular active rock radio or any of that shit. Motorhead is one of those bands that's like the biggest underground band in the world. But everybody um, knows that one Motorhead song. Everyone knows Ace of Spades and they yep. all know this song. And that's the best entrance song of all time, and I will fight you if you disagree. It's so awesome that they were able to play, and honestly, it, it happened because Triple H is a huge Motorhead fan. Yes, yes. And that's what happens when you have a big spot on the card, you're at the top of the roster, you get to make calls like that, like, hey... What if we do this for my entrance? And right. when you have the status that he did in the company in 2001, it's going to happen. And Motorhead was able to play with it. It was the coolest fucking entrance up to that point. I was yeah. blown away how awesome it was. And also, I want to point out that in the iPhone, if you type in Motorhead, it's going to capitalize the M 
and it's going to put the two dots above the second O. It totally does, the dude. The umlaut. Um, yes. I, I'm, my notes are on the screen right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture to tweet it for proof. Um, I tweeted this. I wrote, and here's what, here's what my notes say. We are Motorhead, and we play rock and roll. Because that's what Lemmy said at the beginning of every concert he ever did. And exactly. it ha It's capitalized with the umlaut. Yep. And they are not my favorite band of all time. But if anyone ever tells me they're the best band of all time, I'd be like, yeah. I'm not going to yeah, argue You're not that. even going to try to argue, right? Yeah, there are, there are, there are a few bands. There's um, Motorhead, ACDC, and Led Zeppelin. And if anyone ever tells me like those are the best bands of all time, I'd be like, cool. Spice Girls. Also Spice Girls. Um, right. Fuck yeah. I do love Spice Girls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll you tell know, you, you know what I'm so wild, well. but I'm really, really wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is like basically, this is like an ECW match, right? It was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. This is not my favorite Taker and Triple H match. They're hell in the cell. <coughs> Excuse me. They're hell in the cell match. It was at what, 28? That is, yeah, that's my favorite Taker Triple H match. This is, if that's one A, this is one B. It's it's literally a shade under, and I think the only reason the Hell in the Cell goes over this one was because of the ending, with the, the three of them, the end of the HBK, era, Triple H, posing. Taker on the stage. That was kind of like the nice little cherry on top. That it it makes it go above this match for me. But for a long time, this was my favorite Undertaker and my favorite Triple H match. I absolutely love this match. For a long time, until that 28 match, this was at the top of my list for WrestleMania matches, dude. In terms yeah. of Undertaker and Triple H. Like, I love this match. JR yeah. also mentions that Undertaker so far is undefeated at WrestleMania. So this would so at this point he would have been 8-0. Yep. Yes. Right. Go, going into the match. Yeah. Um so to go into the actual match, uh Triple H uh jumps Taker outside. And he is immediately put through, put through the Spanish announce table by Taylor. The replacement Spanish announce table. Yeah, by just yeah, a, right. By just a simple punch. Yeah. Not even right. a power he bomb. Him. He punches him through the table. <laughs> um, oh, also, let me point out, thank the good Lord that Limp Biscuit was not available to come to Houston and play Undertaker to the ring. Thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were assaulted with that at 19. Right. But it did not happen at this show, thankfully. Um, <laughs> uh, Taker gets Triple H, Triple H to uh, Tombstone and he says ah fuck it I'll power slam him instead <laughs> uh, then he goes for an old school and Triple H catches him and jerks him off the uh, <laughs> top rope which was uh, yeah I know. Um, he said jerks him off <laughs> um, and then he's like slowly working on him which is very Triple H um, he's doing the elbows on the apron you know fucking him up um and uh triple triple h gets a sledgehammer and he just goes right into the ring with it like you know what fuck this match i would like to murder this guy yeah <laughs> you know here we go with another really, murder I, angle yeah i'm not really concerned with whether i win this or not i want undertaker to die <laughs> that's what i gave in his skull again yeah. because yeah yeah i want to cave in his skull um <laughs> <laughs> Who is he, Nick Hogan? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> um, 
Then we get Taker, Taker uh, tosses Triple H into the corner, and now it's an ECW match. Uh, Triple H uh, does a backdrop right into the uh, aisle at ringside, and they fight into the crowd. And this is the second match where they fight into the crowd, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Ke- pretty much, Kyoto had some legit uh, pinfall counts. Both mm-hmm. of them don't like his speed, even though he's going normal. And they beat the crap out of him. <laughs> Kyoto had a rough night. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taker like uh, elbow drops Kyoto's ass. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Fuck you, ref." He like, drops it. He kicks him in the back and he elbow drops him. Yeah, both guys um, wrestling his heels. Yeah, and he takes him out that way. Um, and then they so they like go into the crowd and they like kind of quickly like find their way to like a tech tower, like where they have like the lighting fucking gimmick set up and all the these crew things. area. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And Taker's like tossing Triple H level, level, level. It's like very Donkey Kong. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but when they get to the top, Triple H finds a chair and he cracks Undertaker over the fucking head. And uh, JR points out that he blocked it because he very clearly blocked it with his hand. Um, but the Triple H gives him like 15 fucking chair shots. But somehow Taker fucking like takers up and he choke slams him off the platform and they sort so of good. botch the shot you don't really see where he goes he just like goes into the you void you just see him fall into nothingness like Did nothingness you see they botched, yeah they botched the shot uh, i don't think that they botched it dude i think that was intentional because it literally looked i just threw him into the abyss like, i mean taker, maybe it was intentional but watching yeah, jr was, was like, like he slammed him straight to hell and that's kind of the way it looked like he threw him off of this thing and you didn't see where he landed he just disappeared I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. It was awesome. Watching it, it seemed like he fucking, like they kind of botched it. Um, So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what actually happened. I thought it looked great. It looked, because I remember when this first happened, like I was obviously watching Mm -hmm. it live on pay-per-view and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like he just fucking threw him off the tie and you didn't see where he landed, which left even more suspense. Like it really got me. Like I, I loved that spot in this match. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. And it was like, JR was like, he chokeslammed him onto the concrete, and it was clear, clearly crash pad. It was, and yeah. then you see in the yeah. mat in the next shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. They show the replay, and you can see it collapsing under his weight. Yeah. And it's also like four feet below the fucking platform. <laughs> right. um, but then the, you, like, So in the, other you, words, kudos to that cameraman. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, the director. Um, the director, you're, you're right. And then the EMTs are down there working on him and <laughs> slow drops, as hell. Undertaker drops an elbow on him. Fucking like, throws an elbow on him, dude. Yeah, I was like, dude, he has a bad heart. Like, <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> uh, he's lucky he survived. But they, they make their way back to the ring. The ref is still out. still out. Yeah, he's yeah. still out. Yeah, and it's like, dude, he took a kick to the back and an elbow drop and he's selling it like fucking fentanyl. Um, <laughs> he's on Linda's stuff. <laughs> yeah he's like he, yeah yeah he looks like he's been hanging out with angle taking doing somas um, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um taker's got the they do the sledgehammer spot where taker goes for a power bomb but triple h picks up the sledgehammer and he smacks Taker in the head Pops with it. Him. That was Not so a swing, just great, dude. straight down. Ooh. That's some veteran yeah. shit right there, man. You, oh, that was such a good spot. Super cool. Like, no, we we never seen that before. And I'm like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. that's game. Like, Triple H has won this match. That I thought for sure that was the end of the match. Right, but he gets he gets a two count. 
Got a two count. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then how did it end? We get a uh, Triple H gets up on Taker. He backs Taker into the corner, right? Yeah. He's, he's mounts up to go and punch, start punching down on him, and Taker just last rides out of that. And then that's that. Yeah. That's one, that. two, three. three, nine, and zero. Oh. Yep. Because yeah. Taker did switch. For those that aren't aware, Taker did switch to the last ride as his finisher. It was a power bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where he did, instead of like a, a lift into a power bomb and then dropping him straight down, he kind of hoist him up in the air a little bit higher and then yeah. really throw him down. Like that's what set it apart from a basic power bomb. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that 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 finished the match on Triple H. Yeah. And um, I thought it, to be very nitpicky. I thought if Undertaker was going to bleed, it should have been from the chair shot when they were on the platform, not from yeah. the um, sledgehammer. Like, he, he should have bled 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I agree um, with you. Yeah, But then yeah. you have to drag that through the crowd. Right. So what? Okay. It was 2001. We weren't worried about AIDS. It was only 18 years after that, that virus had gone crazy. You know? um. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I was like, why not bleed in the crowd? We weren't worried uh, about AIDS. We're so no, past I mean, AIDS, dude. Well, no, no, I, I'm just, I'm making a reference about like bleeding became way more common, like way after AIDS went crazy. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and the fans weren't wearing protective gloves. So yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was when bleeding went crazy in WWE it was like long after like you shouldn't be bleeding on people. True. Yeah, true. So, I, I think I made a joke that didn't land, but um, now I'm making a commentary. Well done. <laughs> He's a one man <laughs> yeah. show, everybody. Um, He's gonna carry this podcast. <laughs> I thought this was the beginning of the Undertaker for a long time having the best or second best match of the night. You know, like he's famous for his win streak, but to me, the Undertaker streak is him having the best or or you know, one of the best matches of the night. Because it was, um, think about it. So he had this match. The Flair match was probably the second best best match of uh, 18, right? Uh, 19, yeah. So wait, Flair and Taker was better than Hogan and Rock or Triple H and Jericho? I think it was better than Triple H and Jericho, yeah. I thought the Taker-Flair match was a little too one-sided. Really? Well, yeah. th- that, that's why, that was what was good about it. I don't know. Me personally, I prefer something more competitive. But you're okay. not wrong. Like he was okay. having. Okay, so I mean, if not, when you're like talking about two. that, just entertainment factor. Oh, okay, either yeah. way, either way, it was one of the better matches of the night, right? I'm not so, going to disagree so with that. Previous, at least to in the this, top three or four. Yeah. So before this Undertaker, Undertaker's matches, so like he didn't have a match to 16, 15, he did the cell match with Boss Man, sucked. 14, he did the match with Kane, pretty good. 13, him and Sid, yeah. Right. Uh, twelve. I don't think he had a match. 11. Yeah, twelve was diesel. Man, what? Man, this would be some. This would be some drunk wrestling history right here. No, twelve uh, was diesel. Twelve was diesel. Eleven. Eleven was Bundy. Eleven was Bundy. Ten. He did not have a match. Did not have a match at ten. And nine, nine was uh, Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez. Eight was um, Jake. Jake. And seven was Snuka. Correct. That was his so, first WrestleMania. So until this match, his matches were just like, yeah, the match with Kane was pretty cool. But after, the, so looking forward after this, right? So this is 18 um, or 17, 18 flare match was really good. 18, he he did that tag match, which was a lot better than it should have been. The Not handicap of, match was really good. Yes. Right. It was really, really good. At for 19, what it was. Because yeah. he was the obvious um, star of the, of those three 
Asterisk four. Right. 20, Kane, much better than that the was match a squash. 14. But that it was, was a good match. match. It was cool, though. 21, Orton, killer match. Uh, totally um, agree. I, that's one of my favorite Undertaker matches as 22, well. 22, Mark Henry. Um, I think it was better than it gets credit for. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. 23 was one of my favorite Taker matches. Batista, that was the best match of the night. Yes. Um, 24, 100%. Edge. Best match of the night. 25, 26, Sean. Yeah, H, match yeah. of the night. And then 27, 28. 27, 28, Triple H, matches of the night. 29 right. punk CM punk yeah um and then that was the end of it but yeah, that's where it ended a, yeah yeah but he had a pretty like long stretch where he was having the best matches of the night and yeah. i thought this was kind of the beginning of it i, I don't know dude for me it, it started more so at 21 i think that's where he really started to 21 really started it yeah that yeah that for me was like the kickoff point right like 17 mm-hmm. could have started but I, i'm not a huge fan of the flare match I'm definitely not a huge fan of the the Kane match at 20. Um, the, you're right. That tag match at 19 was way better than it had any business being. And I thought that they made Taker look awesome. And by the way, the American Badass Undertaker is right. my favorite version of Undertaker ever. Because I've, I've mentioned this a few times, got heat. I'm not a huge Undertaker fan. I never have been. But I right. was way behind the American Badass character. I love that. I'm always behind it because this was my first... This was my first Undertaker, even though I knew uh, he you was... You know, the supernatural shit? Yeah. Even though yeah. I knew all of that and knew that he changed as soon as I started watching, I latched onto this and just fucking love uh, American Badass. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to Undertaker. This match, for a long time, was my favorite Undertaker match. Excellent. We have now reached the main event. This is for the WWF Championship and a stipulation that just came up, there are no disqualifications. This is between the Royal Rumble winner, Stone Cold Steve Austin, taking on the WWF champion, The Rock. Referee is Earl Hepner. Now, you didn't have your standard match in between before this one, right? Because normally that's kind of like a piss, piss break, break match. I would have put gimmick battle royal yeah. in between. Or Bingo. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, no, dude, no. That match was too uh, good to go ahead one. of this one. Well, no, I mean, not this, like that's where I would put him. Or the you needed like the women's match yeah. here, or the yeah. gimmick battle royal. I think would have been right. a perfect fit right here because this match following Taker and Triple H, mm-hmm. man, or, I mean, it was outstanding. But dude, that's that's heavy on the crowd. There's a lot of emotion. You need kind of a come down. Maybe and RTC I, versus you, APA. You need time to re-cheese your nachos. Re-cheese, yes. I've taught you very well. important. but regardless here we are main event was this the best video package of all time uh so good dude so good i texted you i think um after money in the bank this year and i said the roman video the bloodline video package was the best one since this match and i stand by that yeah i think it was a 20 22 years it took him to do a vi- better video package. It was fucking great. It was that. They still st- produce gold between the two, but damn. Yeah, nobody yeah. does it better, dude. Nobody was, does it better. Yeah, the music was My Way by Limp Biscuit. And, and, and regardless re- of that, <laughs> um, they really managed to um, encapsulate the entire angle yeah. in a three minute video package with yeah. Deborah, and she's got to be Rock's fucking uh, manager. 
and everything. And if you've never watched wrestling in your life, you understand that Vince McMahon fucking hates Stone Cold. And Stone Cold's got to fucking kill The Rock and all this shit. It was so, so much obsessed. history, too. He can needs to listen? have the WWF championship. He needs to beat him. Yeah. Can you listen to this song? Like, say this song comes on the radio. Can you listen to this song and not think of this match? No, definitely yeah. not. Every time I hear it. Every time I hear it. Every fucking time. Like, I like this song because of this match. Like, it's a fucking terrible <laughs> ass song. But I like it because of this match. Like, and I swear, I... Dude, you guys who are listening, tweet me. I guarantee you, a lot, like millions of people, every time they hear the song, they think of this match. Because, yep. I mean, wrestling was fucking huge then, you know? Right, right. Um, so the video package was fucking fantastic. So good. Um, they got, like, the punches and the stunners and the rock bottom synced with it. It was The great. toasts between so antagonistic. Like, even a simple yeah. element like that, you could just feel fucking tension. They're gonna mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're gonna murder each other. Yeah. So Stone Cold walks to the ring, all Stone Coldy. You fucking just looking like a bad motherfucker. Like he's there, he means fucking business. I Home hate the, I hate the disturb song. Um but whatever. <laughs> That's what we got. I like the regular Stone Cold song. I yeah. like Disturbed. I just don't like that song. Um the Rock comes to the ring. He goes up. He does his pose on the rope. As soon as he comes off the rope, he walks into a flurry of fucking punches. And, and Earl it's Hubner's on. Like, Earl Hubner's like, cool, start the match. Let's go. This is fine. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, immediately, Stone Cold hits a Luthez press, and the crowd is on fucking fire. And I'm yeah. watching this, and I'm like, they could have done any. They could have thumb wrestled at this point, and the crowd <laughs> would have been going fucking bonkers. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't have mattered what they were doing. Like the crowd was so fucking hyped and ready for this match. Like, Thumber! Yeah, you Thumber! know, um, then you get a really cool scene. It's where uh stone cold blocks, rock bottom rock blocks, the center stone cold rocks blocks, another rock bottom and rockets tossed over the top rope to the outside. And right away they start fighting in the crowd, which this is the third match to go into the crowd. And normally I right. would hate that, but it's so fucking it works so perfectly for this match. Like normally I think you should save that shit for the main event. Like the other match, the the people in the other matches should be like told don't do that. But it does. Watching They've the whole clearly show, established the obsession of both of them trying to win that you can forgive that. And yeah. totally. Yeah. With it doesn't these circumstances. Even yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that normally sucks, but in this situation, it doesn't matter at all. Like you want to see these guys beat the fucking shit out of each other. Right. Um, it's an ODQ match, but Earl's not counting him out. And um, Austin did a really cool thing. He raked Rock's eyes with his knee brace, which is like a, an old school heel thing. You rake their eyes yes. with your bootlaces, but I never saw yeah. a dude do it with the, the knee brace. That was cool. Um, and they get back in the ring, and Austin hits a superplex from the second rope, and Rock sells the fucking shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Like his face, like you look at the Rock's face, and you're like, oh my God. And you're then you're like, that's why he's in Hollywood. You know, these facials he can do. Like, right. you, you watch him and you feel the, the pain, you know? like Yes, he's telling a story. He's really telling a story and he's really good. And it's it's one of those things where you're like, that's, The Rock was one of the biggest stars of all time um, for a reason, you know? Yeah. It, was, it didn't happen by accident. The Rock was very fucking good. Um, Austin takes the turnbuckle pad off, um, 
which is match two where this happened. And um, he takes some punches. The crowd hates it. And then The Rock hits an arm drag and pins him for two, which imagine <laughs> pinning Stone Cold with an, after an arm drag. <laughs> Who does The Rock think he is? Ricky Steamboat? Yeah, right. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I was like, dude, you're not Ricky Steamboat. Relax, right. Rock. Settle right. down, Rock. Yeah, calm down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Rock close, clotheslines Austin over the top rope, and they go outside, and Rock goes right after him. And uh, Earl gets in his face, and Rock backs him up until Earl, like, trips over the steps, falls backwards, like, ass over tea kettle. Yeah, and, uh, that typical recess technique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Earl's all fucked up. And the Rock turns around, and he takes a belt shot from Austin right in front of his fucking mom, and he's busted open. Did you guys catch what happened there? Where he got hit with the bell? Well, well he got the, hit with the bottom surface, not the well, bell. Well, where he backed Earl over the steps, and then he got hit with the belt, and then he was bleeding? So here's what happened. Because I was like, why Out would you back... Usual? I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, why would he back Earl over the rope or over the steps and make him fall on his head? And then when I was watching it, I noticed uh, Rock bent over and he picked something up off the floor. And then I was like, he's going to be bleeding after this fucking... Because I, I, cause I, I've seen the match many times. I was like, he's going to bleed after this. He picked up a fucking blade. So I backed it up a few times. He definitely picked up a blade off the floor. And then I'm like, why is the blade on the floor? <coughs> The reason he backed Earl up into the steps was because if you rewind it, you can see Earl's holding the blade. When Rock turns around and starts punking him, Earl hands it to him. Oh. After Earl Hmm. handed him the blade, he dropped it, and then he bent down to pick it up. Then he takes the belt shot, and then he bleeds after that. And then he bleeds. Got it. Yeah. And then I'm like, like, why was Earl holding the blade? You know why Earl was holding the blade? Because didn't he hold the blade during Bretton Austin? I don't know oh, no, about that. Was that. Shamrock, but no, uh, that was Shamrock that was the ref Shamrock was the ref in the match. I don't know um, anything about that, but Rock did not wear, wear wrist tape. Oh, which is where a lot of wrestlers keep the blade, right? They tape it up, put it under the wrist tape. Rock that didn't wear wrist tape. Yeah, so He's Earl handed him the blade. Rock dropped it. Earl, I don't know if Earl was supposed to fall over the fucking steps. It was hilarious, um, though. Huh? It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was great. I love when Earl falls on his head. You did like Benny Hill music. <laughs> I, I, I should have had like I can put this. I could put that song in a post. <laughs> yeah, fix it in post. Well, that's that's what happened. Um, so he didn't actually get a lot of blood, and I was like, yeah, he put a little hole in his head. He was he was trying to go to Hollywood, and he's no, he knows he's going bald. Yeah, he was about to do Scorpion King. Yeah, and he already kind of had that. You know, he had like a widow's peak because he was like balding in the sides. Right, right. Um, then Austin gets in there. He's punching Rock like Rock fucked his mom. Um, <laughs> and then the match gets kind of weird, and I never noticed that. <laughs> probably could. I've seen this match probably twenty times, and I never noticed it until tonight when I was watching it. Um, Austin is obviously the face, but he's. I mean, people like The Rock, but they like Austin way more. So they're cheering Rock or cheering Austin. But Austin starts working like he's the heel, like he's on top of Rock, just punching the fuck out of him. Get him in the corner, punch the fuck out of him. Do the kicks to the chest. Um, Rock's bleeding. Austin's punching him nonstop. Um, 
And then Rock kind of keeps almost firing up to make a comeback, but he keeps getting cut off. So Rock suddenly is working like the baby face. And I never yeah. really caught that till tonight. Did you guys catch that? No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. He's working like, the, I mean, normally it would be the baby face who would bleed. Right. In the first place, but like Austin is just like beating him relentlessly and like not even trying to pin him. He's like punishing him. Um, and then the, my, the, the crowd kind of calms down a little. And I was like, I think it's because the way Austin's working, like they don't really know how to react. Yeah. Um, and then Austin backs Earl up in, into the corner and Rock comes out of the corner with a clothesline. And the, cow, the crowd goes fucking crazy. Like they pop yes. huge for the Rock ending clothesline. Yeah, it shifted now because it was home turf for Austin. He's getting cheered. And then, yeah, you're right. It completely shifted at that point. Mm-hmm. Just Rock in that one reaction. move, everyone dawning on everyone. Oh, yeah. I also fucking like the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those like literally all of his energy to burst out of there. And that's when JR says, Rock exploded on Austin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um Rock shoots Austin face first into the exposed buckle at this point. And into then the he bolt. gets the ring bell. Earl tells him no. And I'm like, fuck you, Earl. It's no DQ. Yeah, right. <laughs> um Rock apparently feels the same way. Austin's already bloody, and Rock fucking clobbers his ass. And now the crowd is back on Austin's side. And again, I never noticed any of this before. Um, The Rock starts just, like, hitting Austin with punches, and Austin's bouncing around the ring like a fucking pinball. Like, he's on (laughs) rubber legs. He's fucking bleeding to death. He's all over the ring, hitting all the ropes. Um he ends up catching outside the ring. He catches Rock with a catapult to the ring post, and they're outside. They're beating, in the head. That they good. are. They're beating the fuck out of each other. And at this point, I'm like, "This is fucking crazy." We got both tables broken. Both guys are bleeding. There's fucking shit everywhere. Insane referees event. fucked. You know, it was complete chaos. Then we get back in the ring, and you get Rock catches Stone Cold. And a, a sharpshooter, and we got WrestleMania 13 all over again, where Rossin's bleeding to death. Thank you. And yep. the sharpshooter wasn't that cool. Like that was a really cool it's call. Eerie. Back. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. And I, dude, I totally forgot about that. And I've seen this match a million times. And I was watching it today. I'm marking out fucking hard. And like, I know who wins the match, but I'm marking out. You know, like yeah. I know exactly where this match is going. But I was like, almost jumping off the fucking couch. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. I love when they do callbacks to prior WrestleMania matches with that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that was, you're right, a direct callback to WrestleMania 13. Yeah, exactly. Um, Austin gets to the ropes. Rock tries to do it again. Austin irakes his way out of it. He ends up putting Rock in a million-dollar dream, which we have not seen him do that in like four or five years. That was his previous finisher, yeah, when he was with the million-dollar man. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then Rock does the cool old-school thing where the ref lifts his arm three times, and on the third time, he fucking rocks up. <laughs> and um, then we get a double down, and here comes fucking Vince. Well, before that, though, okay. and I mentioned this earlier, I was going to call back to WrestleMania 8, Piper and Brett, to get out of the Million Dollar Dream, the Rock kicked himself off of the turnbuckle, on to on top of Austin. Yes. And got a two count. Right. Very reminiscent of WrestleMania 8, Brett and Piper. So now you've got two callbacks in this matches or in this match. Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the same way Brett beat Bulldog too, right? Uh no, no, I it's thought, not. No, it's Bre- not. Uh, Bulldog sat down S- into a pin on top. Yeah. yeah. Um 
so uh, Austin hits the spine buster for two. Then um, we get a people's elbow on Austin, and Vince pulls Rock off of Austin at that point. And the crowd was like, what in the fuck is going on? What's he doing and Heyman here? and JR did a great job of of playing along with the what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why is Vince helping Austin? That's his mortal enemy, as made clear in the video package that you raved about earlier. They did a great job telling that story. Now, all of a sudden, they're flipping the script, and the announcers are confused. The crowd doesn't know how to respond. It was magic. Yeah, it was really fucking good. Because um, we still don't know what's going on. As as a fan watching the match, you're like, what the fuck? Well, because normally at this point, normally if someone swerves, that's the end of the match. But the match didn't end. Yes. You know, so it was kind of right. weird. Still goes was, for a bit. It was a weird way for a swerve to happen to break up a pin rather than set up a pin. Um, Rock chases Vince through the ring. (laughs) And uh, he ends up taking a rock bottom from Austin. The crowd at this point still wants Austin to win. Really plants him on his shoulder blades, too. Yeah, the crowd is still totally pro-Austin. Then we get a ref bump. Earl gets, like, bumped right out of the fucking ring, which was kind of like, man, it's fucking... No DQ match. Poor, poor Earl's got to fucking get bumps at the floor. But um, he gets his ass back up, unlike Kyoto. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rock hits a low blow, low blow on Rock, and or Austin hits a low blow on Rock. Uh, another Vince, one. Another low blow. Yeah. Another another low blow. Vince brings in a chair. Crowd is kind of silent. Like, what the fuck is going to happen here? It's shock because yeah, it's shock he, because Austin asked for it. Yeah, Austin calls for it. And then Austin holds or, yeah, him. Yeah, calls for it. Um, and um, Vince cracks cracks Rock with the chair. Now it's he clear t- what's going on. Now, now, you, now, now, now the there's, picture there's no painting. question now, right? Yes. Um, and, and yeah, the then, crowd's stunned. You're right. They are just silent. Silent, yeah. Um, they're silent as when Hogan slammed Andre, where Hogan could hear nothing but silence. <laughs> and uh, Vince <laughs> tosses Earl back, back in. But... Uh, he get he uh, Earl comes in. He uh, Austin only gets a two count, and now the crowd pops huge for the Rock. Yes, so they've completely turned against Austin. Turn yes, and uh, Austin goes for a chair shot. He takes a Rock bottom, and then Vince distracts Earl, and then Rock <laughs> Rock gets up and fucks Vince right up. Yeah, but when he turns around to Austin, he goes right into a stunner and a two count with the ultimate cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One the, of those the, rock the, the cells. fucking. Yeah, right. The, Rock uh, like taking the a handspring. Um, gets up, chair shot, two count, and then Austin hits him with like a million chair shots. One, two, three. Austin wins. Crowd is pissed. JR is pissed. And yeah. Austin is the biggest heel in the company, and The Rock is the biggest baby face. And Austin and Vince shake hands. After four years of this shit, we have Austin and Vince shake hands, and they drink a beer together. Biggest turn of all time. Biggest turn of all time, right? Yep. There's yeah. no doubt. It, up to that point, I think it had been Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this happened in the main event of WrestleMania. There, there isn't a bigger moment to pull something like this off. Yeah. And they did it, and you can tell that they struck a nerve. They struck gold because of the crowd being as quiet as they were when all that shit was going down and the pure shock of it all. Like, oh, my God. Like, the announcers did a great job of selling it. The crowd did a great job of selling it too. Yeah. And kudos to the crowd for being so invested for a long show. Yeah. That they were still on fire by the end of it. And again, still biggest swerve of all time. They still cheered because of 
maybe that was their original prediction. They wanted to see Austin win. Maybe yeah. just not, uh, still not completely understanding the consequences or, or just the actions that took place. But they saw the ex- their expected end result, and then even just to Jr. and Paul, just so much uncertainty of what just happened. They're no yeah. longer heels and faces being announcers. They're just yes. colleagues. Like what just happened? Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. they both said that this is something people are going to talk about year for years to come, and yeah. here we are, twenty two years later, talking about it. So, they 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 did the job. The story was told, and it was outstanding. Yeah. And just the shock I remember having as a fan when it all went down, I still remember it to this day. So, in in my opinion, they absolutely created magic with that moment. Mm-hmm. And pro- probably is this the only. WrestleMania with a bad taste at the end or like the heel turn at the end? No, WrestleMania 2000 Triple H uh, left the winner as a heel. Yeah, literally the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was the first time. It took 16 years for a heel to uh, leave the winner at WrestleMania. Yep. Um, And they did it two years in a row. Yeah. So I put, so I wrote down, Mm -hmm. this was the best main event the best WrestleMania event up to this point. Yeah. By a mile. Is it, do you still think after having watched this, Scott, do you still think Cody and Roman is the best uh, WrestleMania main event? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. My mind was not changed. So where, so where do you place this one? Man, I'm going to go back to what Adam said earlier. You almost need time to evaluate it. Okay. And start building like your Mount Rushmore, but this has to go into the top five. Okay. Not just for the match itself, but for the ending. I mean, yeah. that all has to be considered. It tells one big story. You have to consider story. the entire story that's been told, yeah. And Which is why Cody and, and Roman, he... to me, is the best main event of all time, because that entire story mm-hmm. that went into that match, despite the finish, people didn't like it. Um, that's my favorite. But this is yeah. definitely in the top five. Yeah. I loved it because I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and watch all of the wrestling I've ever seen. We're in agreement. I'm not sure I've ever we have seen to evaluate. Someone... <laughs> I'm not sure I ever saw someone turn mid-match. It's always the finish, you know? Yeah, because it happens and then boom, it's over. Yeah, it happens, it's over. But this was like 10 minutes. There was like 10 minutes left in the match when Austin turned heel, um, which was really unique. Um, And it was really cool because it got Rock 10 minutes of sympathy. So like set up Austin as a complete fucking cunt and it set up Rock as a sympathetic baby face in a way I've never seen before. It was really cool. Yeah. over the years, Austin has said he wished he called an audible and hit Vince with the stunner when the match was over. He thought that turning um, heel was like a terrible move. He wished he, he never did it. Because um, he was always a face with that heel persona. Yeah, and I think Why it was one of those things. The anti-hero, yeah. I, yeah, and I think the audience didn't want to see it. And I think it did. It, I mean, uh, uh, by no, by Survivor Series, he was a baby face again. I think it didn't yeah. work. Um, There's only and, a handful of guys that they've turned heel that it didn't work. And, and I, I think of, of the road warriors was another yeah. one. They tried to turn the road warriors heel. It just didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't work. Same with Austin. You're a hundred percent right. It, it just yeah. didn't work out. It was, it Fans was a great didn't want it. They, they rejected it. Yeah. It was a great way to finish a pay-per-view, but long-term it didn't work out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so to sum up the pay-per-view, um, I thought it was fucking fantastic. 
I would if anyone tells me it's the best WrestleMania, I wouldn't argue. It's not my favorite, Same. but it's my top at least five, if not yeah. three. Um, I thought there was a bit of there were bits that were repetitive because we had three matches that went to the crowd. We had two low blows. Three matches had blood. And two matches had an insane amount of chair shots. So there was a little bit of repetition. So to be really nitpicky, that's that's really all I have. You know, like if I really want to criticize it about something, it's that. Um, and also Limp Biscuit. Also Limp Biscuit. <laughs> uh, but Motorhead make more of the makes up for that. And um, the last note I have is that Rock and Stone Cold drew $50 million in this match. And neither of them ever did a dive. Hmm. Thank you. Go figure. Right? And that's always Go my figure. biggest Those are criticism. Not the guys is, to do it. Yeah. Thank God. Well, they that's didn't. always a, that's always a criticism I have is guys do like you can watch six matches on Raw, and six matches will have a dive, and by the end of it, I don't remember who did a dive or who they landed on or anything. Or by the next day anyway, um, you know, when you do all the spots like that constantly, none of them mean anything. Yeah. They lose flavor. Everything, everything these guys did meant something. And if you really yeah. like pay attention to the match, it's mostly like punches and kicks. They, I'm not even sure the rock did a move besides the rock bottom. Spe- especially commend him but on it didn't his matter. kickouts with all of his might. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Those two guys figured out a way to connect with the crowd, and that was all that mattered. It didn't matter how many moves they did or how flashy they were. None of that shit means shit compared to, to being able to really just connect with the crowd. Couldn't agree more, that, dude. Absolutely that's all could I got not to, agree more. And that's all I got to say about that. That is how and, we... And, and this is officially the longest episode we've ever done by a fucking mile. I was going to say, it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, I think WrestleMania <laughs> 4 was like a half hour shorter than this. But you know what? If we're going to go way too long in an episode, this is the one to do it. Amen. Yep. This closes out our half-assed WrestleMania X7 month. What do you think of this pay-per-view, our episode covering it, and our month of covering uh, these uh, important topics revolving around it? Please let us know on the social media platform, Twitter, or X, or whatever the fuck. Whatever uh, the fuck they call it now. Instagram, and Threads, and TikTok, and Twitface, and all that (laughs) bullshit, you know, whatever the... It is. Please uh, let us know on there your, uh, yeah, anything you want to share about WrestleMania X7. We'd love to hear it, and we could, we could, uh, over the internet, enjoy some beers, talk some wrestling, and uh, keep this wonderful atmosphere that uh, keep it going. Uh, please uh, tell your family, friends, skills, and faces to like, share, and subscribe, and uh, find us wherever uh, you get your podcasts. Leave us reviews so that we could give you shout-outs, and then in return, buy some fucking shirts so that we can keep this show going, and now you know that there are consequences, buy some fucking shirts. And on that note... On behalf of Scott and Eddie, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching. We'll see you next time for another great episode. One, two, three.
three. Happy 150. It's not too late to buy a shirt. Honey, do you think KFC is still open? Small. Four, two, third, nine, fifty-six. You can change it, guys!